How do you start a podcast? I don't know. You said you had an opener, so I'm putting this one on you. Usually, people start with ads. Ads. Like that's, yeah. Do you have like, any ads? No, we don't have any ads. <laughs> we, we, you and I said the second that we start getting sponsors, we're shutting it down. We, the true. second we start to get monetize this thing, that's we're true. done. Yeah. Right. I just uh, so they put a they put a chapel uh, upstairs, the, the Maternity of Mary Chapel. Okay. And there's a tabernacle in there, so I was in there before uh, praying, uh, and I made sure to. <laughs> To, to ask Jesus for us to never uh, to always remember we're doing this for his glory and not for any sort of monetary or right. any sort of gain so I suppose yeah we have no sponsor we, we we monetize other people I feel like like we tell other people to do you know like hey go to Ryan's on York because yeah, hey, yeah dude you know or mm-hmm. go listen to Father Mike Schmidt's podcast Bible on York but if but Father Mike okay question if Father Mike Schmidt was like hey guys I found you don't know why that would ever happen but never if he wanted to have an ad, would we say no to Father Mike Schmitz? Is he giving us money? I don't know. I would do it if he would be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we did say we wouldn't interview people outside of the parish, but we'll make an exception. We'll make for an exception. Pope, Father Mike Schmitz. Only two exceptions. <laughs> so the Pope is listening. And the uh, Bishop. Bishop. Bar- Bishop. Yeah. Okay. No, Bishop Rickon. Bishop Rickon. <laughs> Our Bishop. Okay. If, I mean, suppose I suppose we can get. Uh, I don't know why Baron came. Right. I mean, would be I just I fine. Stick an ascension presents right away. So I, uh, I came here really early, to the to the yeah. to the office here, and uh, to, to set everything up and to take some time to pray and just kind of do whatever. Uh, I am not not convinced that this place is not haunted. Okay. Because Elaborate. whenever I walk around, uh, there was that wedding dress in the back that I told you about. Yeah, that was a little freaky. A little creepy. If you're missing a wedding dress, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> if you need it, if it's stuck in the 80s, if you've got an 80s wedding dress and you're losing, it, it might be at the parish office. It looks just nice. You know. it, it looks, looks nice. nice. Yeah, it's, it, but it's definitely 80s style. But there are, I whenever I'm walking around, there's just, uh, and it might be the heating, but lots of bumps and cracks. We're not where I'm walking. So I'm I'm not entirely convinced that this place isn't haunted because it used to be a doctor's office. Okay. So I have a couple questions to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. As somebody who works in the, in in yeah. medicine, Medical. yeah. How often would it be that someone would die at a doctor's office that Very isn't rare. a hospital? Very rare. Very rare. Like if he if he got to that point, man. Like I don't know. They they really screwed up in the office. Like. Yeah, that that doesn't happen. I don't think I've ever we will we've had people like pass out like mm. from a blood draw, but die? That's pretty extreme. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I'm sure it's happened at least, you know, somewhere. You know, somebody was like, instead of going to the ER for chest pain, I'm gonna go see my doctor and then you know, died. But so, I don't know. So it could have happened. I'm sure I mean, yeah, anything could happen. It could like, be. You could die anywhere. So I'm sure somebody may have died in a doctor's office, but it's not like it's everyday occurrence. Like, oh yeah, we got a morgue out back. <laughs> people like, die in the office. Well, it'd be like a if, tragedy. If, 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 if it <laughs> red flag, if you go to a doctor's <laughs> office Support. and they tell you they have a morgue, go somewhere else. Leave. <laughs> you either you're either at flag. the wrong place or you're you're at a veterinary. Hospital. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got formaldehyde. <laughs> 
How often do you use it? Oh, we get it like a shipment every week. <laughs> for a, what do you use? It's just for uh, in, embalming bodies, right? Yeah, and then like body you know, parts right? and such. And uh, but uh, we don't use formaldehyde. <laughs> formaldehyde in the office. How how fast do you have to use formaldehyde? I don't know. I'm not an expert. If somebody dies in the hospital, you can just you know. No, you put them in the morgue. You put them in the morgue. It's cold. And then mm. somebody, you know, usually the nursing home, or not the nursing home, I'm sorry, the, <laughs> the nursing the funeral home usually comes and gets them from the, from the morgue. <laughs> Got to open it up. You're, yeah. You ever seen a morgue? In video games. Okay. Terrifying. It's probably the same thing. I'm just yeah. a bunch of cots. What? <laughs> Pretty much it. You just call them cots? Cots. Like cots for a bed. So when you, know, you go beds. to prison and they're like, oh yeah, we got three hots on a cot for you. No, <laughs> no, no yeah, it's like a cot, bunch of beds and then, you know, the body. And such. Do you call it a bed? It, if it's somewhere you... Gurney. You, whatever, I don't know. Gurney? Does that have that wheels on it? Yeah. Sometimes there's wheels on okay. it. Okay. Okay. So, morgue, beds. Mm-hmm. Comfortable place to be. I, don't, I would not call it's it comfortable. Quiet. It's very cold. It's, it's very, very quiet. cold. You would, if you got locked in there, man, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but people sleep cold. <laughs> <laughs> not that cold. <laughs> I mean, I like it a little brisk. I don't like it frozen in my room. Maybe should try it. Igloo. igloo would be more comfortable. Maybe should try it. I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> anyway, the reason I bring it up. So we, we this is a this is a first for us. Today. Yeah. What today is? is today is a first for us. What's the first? What's what? What is? Well, oh yeah, we're having. <laughs> sorry, you're here. I, we yeah, talked we're having, about we're this. having couples. We're having a couple on today. This is the first first couple. What, you, we ever what did you call it? We're having a, a couple, couple a couple, like a couple. What is a couple on? No, we're having a couple on the podcast today. Okay, I got you. Yeah, all right, well, all right. I got you. I was like, confusing. I was going to say this is out. the first time they're using all four mics. <laughs> oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that is too. Yeah. Do you want to call a married a, a married individuals just a you know, couple? No, we're having a couple a, of we're yeah, like, a couple people on the. They're a couple, a married couple. couple. Of, yeah, I just I think that's like the wrong. Phrase. Yeah, but you have to put the word in front of it. You should just say, "Oh, we're having a couple on." <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> we're having a Sounds like couple. you're gonna have a contest. <laughs> we're gonna have a couple on and then have a couple off. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Yeah, it's your bad. <laughs> we have uh, Margaret and John Ianatello. Is that how you say it? That is perfect. Woo! Well done. Brian Hobson had a couple of your kids in <laughs> Edge <laughs> uh, Thanks so much for coming on, guys. I really welcome, appreciate welcome. it. You guys not offended that I'm seeing guys, right? No. Okay. <laughs> Don't answer for me. Okay. She, she's not offended. I'm not offended. John, are you offended? No, no. Uh, okay. Not at all. All right. Okay. Oh, shoot. I already did it, man. You already did it. You okay. asked a question. You said, John, and I was like, why would I be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sneaky. Maybe we just kind of establish right now that of the Johns that are on the podcast right now, yeah. John Christensen, yeah. you are the least important John. <laughs> That's not wrong. <laughs> just right now. Just yeah, right no, now. I know. No, not forever. No, I, I appreciate it. Just for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there's a you, John. Did you have a nickname in high school? Johnny. Johnny. You could call me Johnny. It's fine. Oh, that's my, my nephews. I don't like that. Okay, my nephew's called Because that me. reminds me of a, here's Johnny from Here. uh, oh. Shining. The Shining. Oh, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Here's Johnny. Yeah. Well, that was... Uh, what I was called when I was in grade school. Yeah, John. Here's Johnny. No, Johnny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, the reason I bring it up 
because I know uh, both of you are very Catholic. Okay. All right, good. Okay. <laughs> I, if I you are, you aren't. Right. There we go. Uh, what? Because I was like, oh, there's, there's, there might be ghosts here. What? What's the stance for you guys on uh, ghosts? I'm not afraid of no ghosts. Oh, very good. Um, our kids and insi- one of our kids insists our house is haunted. Go ahead. But um, I don't believe them. So. Do you not believe them because of the kid that's telling? you? If the kid listens, she knows exactly who she is. <laughs> there's, there's no good reason to think there's a ghost. No. I, I believe in ghosts in the general sense. Sure. In, yeah. In spirits, for sure. Right. Sure. But some ghost of a prior owner of our house wandering around in the basement? Nah, probably not. So yeah. not like spirits of humans. Are there spiritual beings is what you're... Yeah, there could be. All right. Wandering around. Johnny, what do you think? (laughs) Johnny. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm like mixed on it. I think, I think people, it's one of those things where there's too many people have encounters. It's not like the, like Bigfoot where it's like, I don't know. You you got like a picture and it's like, this is what we go with. There's like a lot of stories. So I don't know. It's never, I've never had like a, an encounter with a ghost or anything like that. But like, you know, you watch that show Ghost Adventures, which is hilarious, by the way. It's <laughs> hilarious during the day and then scary at night. <laughs> like with Zach, that guy's hilarious. Like, because during the day, you're like, this is dumb. And then at night, you're like, did I lock the doors? I don't remember. <laughs> do I need to shut the lights off? I don't know. Do I need to turn the lights on? So, so it's more of a, uh, a vibe. yeah creepy vibe in the night time. It's more of a just like uh, that human idea of the unknown. Yeah, like know? I don't, I, I've never had an account. You know, I've never like had that like ghost encounter or whatever why do you so. call it an encounter I, I feel like that's what people call it right oh I don't, I don't know just paranormal I mean, most people what you see like i've never seen a ghost or whatever yeah i've never i never encountered a ghost oh so i don't never seen one never seen like one that? no um, mm-hmm. i've been haunted plate quote-unquote haunted places what does that mean like i've slept at the pfizer hotel it's claimed to be haunted it's just haunted by the past yeah, like brewer, so the boxing. Brewers' opponents always play at the Pfizer, or always play at the Pfizer. They always stay at the Pfizer. Oh, okay. And people like legit don't get sleep. Like these players, like it's a actual thing. A brewer sent them to this. Yeah, I don't think hotel. that's a haunted thing. I think that's fans of the Brewers <laughs> screwing with the opposing <laughs> team, go. maybe, so they don't get sleep, so they don't <laughs> beat the Brewers. I don't know. It's fine. Anyway. Anyway, Sam. We, we literally <laughs> talked about this. You were going to be the one to ask a question. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that was the cue to ask me ask questions. Typically, so, that's where you, you kind of jump in. All right. So, <laughs> how long have you guys been married for? Don't look at me. She look at me, Dan. Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is a good question. 27 years 27. last May. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. May 25th. And you were saying before it was Memorial Day weekend yep. that you guys get married? Thereabouts. Nice. Sure. Well, nice. depends what Memorial Day is. So, <laughs> that's true. Memorial Day weekend, though. Yeah. It's always on Monday. Last Monday of the... It's the last Monday... Of May. Of May. Right. Okay. So, did you you pick that date on purpose? Yeah. Because it'd be an extra long weekend? Did we? We did, because that was... Because we got married in South Carolina. Oh, right on. So, all of our family had to travel. Oh, good. Yeah. So, that's what we... Oh, good idea. Wasn't that smart of us? That is smart, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Like a holiday weekend, so it's long, so people don't have to worry about getting back on Sunday or... Mm -hmm. Both of our families were from the north, so 
So why did you get married in South Carolina? That's where we live. That's oh, okay, cool. That's where we were working. All right. How do you guys? For, I worked for Michelin Tire, and yeah, she came along. So did I. <laughs> she came along after I was hired, and uh, I needed a truck. Okay. I needed a truck to get a piece of plywood to my house to remodel my kitchen, and uh, the only guy I knew who, who had a truck would not loan it to me. Okay. For <laughs> previous encounters, or no? Because it's, it was a short bed; it wasn't quite big enough. And I said, oh, well, sure. Why'd you get that truck for you so, so they wouldn't have to loan it to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has a point, though. Like anybody with a truck, they're always asked, "Like, hey, yeah. so I'm going to Home Depot." And <laughs> so Margaret had a blazer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pull the seats out. Piece of plywood will fit. There you go. So to pay her back for that, I bought her a beer. Was that what it was? You took me out to dinner. Oh, I took her to dinner. Wow. Yeah, it was <laughs> a high end. roller. I think we might have gone to Olive Garden yeah. or Fazoli's. Ooh. We went to Fazoli's. Oh, oh nice. Fazoli's. Yeah. That's high tier. Yeah. It was. And that you was know. it. We were together ever since. Nice. Really? Mm-hmm. What, uh, Margaret, what part of the Fazoli's experience was it <laughs> that you're like, this man? I can't believe I remember the Fazoli's experience, actually, at this moment. No. Because um, you didn't want to? It wasn't at the Fazoli's. <laughs> No, I, I didn't know that he was like the one for a while after that. Really? Yeah. How did, how did that come about then? Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, wow. Okay, way to put me on the spot. I wasn't prepared <laughs> to talk about this. Um, <laughs> People always look, like Look a, of consternation on Margaret's face. <laughs> Why do you Joe, think, uh, speaking of trucks, my dad... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> you never met my dad. No, I know. But my I dad know. bought a 2023 Ford F1 5000, whatever the heck. Yeah, whatever paid, number that now. Paid over $60,000 for it. That's a expensive. He let me know. Yeah. And he sent me a picture of it. He's like, look what I bought. I'm like, why the heck did you buy that? What the hell are you going to be hauling? He's like, nothing. Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, you bought a truck not to haul it in? He's like, yeah. I'm like, why did you buy it? He's like, I could. <laughs> so he just bought a truck for fun? He just bought a truck because right. he liked being in a truck. Seems seems about right. I, That's a guy move well, right there. Does he live in Wisconsin? Yeah, he lives in oh, Plymouth. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a guy move. Why'd you buy a truck? I don't know. I just did. I don't, I, I just, I don't know. I, I wanted... It was a goal for me because I want to be that financially stable that I can spend $60,000 to buy something I'm never going to use. Right. Yeah, that'd be nice. Is that enough time for you to think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was too engrossed in your story. I totally forgot I was supposed to be thinking about Fazoli's. Because to be honest, I'm thinking about Fazoli's, but I'm really thinking about Olive Garden's you know, bottomless salad. So. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> so I've already moved to a different Italian restaurant. <laughs> Both quite authentic. Oh yeah, very authentic. Very nice. Are no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. So, what? What does it take for an Italian place to be like? Oh, authentic. Uh, mm. Lots of food. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Carbs. Mm-hmm. And just the right lasagna. I don't think I've ever had lasagna in a res- restaurant that was that good. What? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong? Like with my it? grandma's. Okay. So what what's your grandma got in there that love? Probably the is cottage cheese. Oh, not cottage cheese. Oh, you ricotta said it. Probably the ricotta cheese. cheese. Yeah. Ricotta cheese. Yeah. They don't use ricotta cheese and ricotta cheese. A lot cheese. of places use um, cream cheese. Cream, cream cheese, cheese, yeah. Cream, cream cheese. cheese. Not cream cheese. Cheese 
Cottage cheese. Oh my cottage gosh. Cheese, okay. <laughs> Killing me, Smalls. What? Because it's easier. <laughs> What's the difference? Oh. Versus ricotta? Yeah. Ricotta's more um, pasty. Oh, well, that makes it sound it's very... It's authentic Italian. Mm-hmm. Just a bit drier. It's a lot Just a drier. little bit drier, yeah. When was the last time you made lasagna? Let's see. We've been married 27 years, oh. and I've made lasagna the last 26 years. So Fazoli's was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was cheap. <laughs> you got a lot of it. Okay. So it was, it was the high-rolling nature, the volume of the Italian food that you're like, it planted the seed that... John's the one. Wow, you are really trying to make something out of absolutely nothing. Really <laughs> Good work. Good work. I, no. You got to learn how to stretch things. No, I'm trying to remember because that was a kind we, of the beginning we, we of the hung summer. Out, we hung out a lot after that. Yeah, Played but there was a group. down on the beach. And yeah, there was a group of us, though, that were all kind of the same nice. age. And so yeah, we'd go out after work. We'd go out after work. Wings and a beer. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. So, um... So married for 27 years, mm-hmm. started in South Carolina. When did you guys move to Wisconsin? When? Oh, when let's is? see. We had, we had two kids, one on the way. Yep. So I'm going to say it was something like 2001. Okay. You guys moved right to Manitowoc? We, no, we moved, no? To, oh. uh, we moved to Milwaukee, to, okay. to Brookfield. Oh, okay. No Actually, way. we moved to Menominee Falls. We were in an apartment for a little while, and then in Brookfield. I was working for General Electric. Yeah. I took a job with them, too. To I know where that back. is. I'm from yeah. Waukesha County. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I worked. I worked in Waukesha. I worked in Brookfield. I worked in West Allis. I worked in uh, Dallas, West Dallas, Milwaukee. Dallas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Four four years. Four years at GE to get closer to home. Yeah. Her family's from Michigan. Mine's okay. from Appleton, Shawano area. Okay. So that that got us closer to home. And then you guys came out to Manitowoc. In Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And been here ever since. Yep. Ever right. since. Almost 20 years now, 18 years. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Is it the UP that your family's from? No, actually, they're from the Lower Peninsula. Okay. So we're not really that much closer to them, but it's, you know, it's a day's drive instead of a day and a half. Mm, it's Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. feels closer. Exactly. It does and then, feel closer. And then Lake Michigan's the there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a nine-hour drive. Yeah. yeah. It would be like a three-hour drive if Lake Michigan wasn't there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you take the ferry then? We have a couple yeah. times, yeah. Okay. Still nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to go through Chicago. And don't you don't have to drive. That's true. Right. Both of those things are true. For, for the 60 miles across the lake. <laughs> how, long, how long is the Badger? I don't know. Four hours. Four hours? Four hours? It's two, no, it's like 250 feet. Oh, how, oh, how long is the Badger? Oh, how long does it take to get across oh, the lake? You know, no, I think it's like closer to 400 feet, actually. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that was 250 feet, man. It takes four hours to go 250 feet. That's incredible. Uh, 15 miles an hour across the lake. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That was a great day. You've never taken the badger? No. Oh, you need to. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We wanted to this year. We were kind of thinking about it, and then it broke. Yeah. Yeah. That was was it. Next year. Take a shoreline cruise. Yeah, no, no, go over there for like a weekend. Don't yes. take your car. You can walk. Don't take your car. And just walk and get a place in Ludington. And nice. there's a yep. beautiful beach there, so you can actually see the sunset mm. over Lake Michigan instead of the sunrise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great, better. Great I mean, breakfast was, there a lot. Yeah. Sure. A lot more than. Yeah, here. it's it's really? definitely more of a touristy town. Like it's, level, of, like how close to like Door County? Like uh, tourist level one, wise. One or two steps down. Yeah, okay. but, oh, that's right. nice. It's a little run down. Nice. And it's a little, I mean, it's a little smaller, but 
Nice. It's okay. Small. But still, but still, yeah. I mean. Yeah, Ludington's only like fifteen thousand people. I'll whack myself with this paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first. Won't be the last. Yeah. So, um, been here since two thousand five. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you kind of sent us an email earlier about um, that. And you're, you have not, Margaret, always been Catholic, right? That's right. Okay, so. That's right. I grew up Methodist. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, do you want me to just take it from there? Is that, was that my I mean, kind in? of. Yeah, okay, I mean, okay. I was like. So, so uh, I grew yeah. up um, Methodist. And so when uh, John and I started dating, he was, we would actually drive like 20 minutes to go to mass at, in Clemson at the college camp, well, at the because they had a college campus there, and so okay. they had a yeah. you know, evening mass. And so for a while, we were going to a Methodist worship service in the morning and Catholic mass at night and, you know, great bookends on your Sunday, but it kind of takes up your whole day. And so sure, we finally sure. got to the point, I was like, well, this is kind of silly. And I'm like, um, maybe, you know, we should just, just, I'll just start going to mass and we'll just do that. And that was great. <laughs> um, so, and, so then, and then, okay, so during this time, you know, the, um, he's playing guitar. Don't, yeah, but I don't play, take. I, but but there's a caveat. That was years oh, ago, and he he was. Oh, you broke yeah, it. I, I played the guitar. You did. Well, don't yeah. tell anybody. Not that. very well. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you you did just. Then they might ask me to play my guitar. Yeah. So he was playing oh, the guitar, and then like he went, and I was I would come early, and they would practice before mass, and so I would you know come along, and I just you know sit there in the sanctuary on my um, folding chair because that's what they had, and sitting there, and he he left to I think you went. Went to the restroom. Went to the restroom. That's right. You went to rest and came back, and somehow the ordinance had roped me into being part of the choir. So now I'm part of this <laughs> choir. I'm like, I'm not even Catholic. I'm singing all the songs. Okay, got this. So that was that was my first foray into the yeah. church, or the foray into the church. Sure, sure. And uh, did you go through RCA right away? Was that just like, mm-hmm. I'm part of the choir? So No, no. Oh. At that point, like, um, it was, it must have been like, November, December, and so of course they'd already started RCA for the year. I didn't know okay. anything about that, so right. you know, blah blah blah. Went on from from that. And, um, well, what one day? One day. Well, okay, get this in the right order. <laughs> yeah, Is day. this before or after the the engagement? Oh, before. No. Oh, probably after. No, it had to been after because yeah. I wouldn't have said that. We're engaged. We're engaged. We're engaged which is a whole other time. story, which yeah. is a really funny one. But anyway, one day she announces to me. I want to receive communion with you at our wedding. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah. okay. In order for that to happen. <laughs> you say it like I had no idea what I was saying. That is so not true. <laughs> I said it to see what your reaction well, would be, yeah. which I, I got I said, the reaction in order for that I to happen, You're going to have to become Catholic. And she said, yes, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm dropping hints here. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I broke your path. That's all right. Uh, Turn, you have to hold it in front of you. Is it is it still broken? So then, um, so then that next fall, I started in RCIA, and then he decided he's like, "Well, I want to make sure that I know what they're teaching you." In case I had to straighten. It in out. case, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, because in South Carolina, the population's like three percent Catholic. So yeah, it's, you yeah, know, it's like really, yeah, you know, it's few and far between, and so um, he ended up sponsoring. Mm-hmm. Another sponsored another, young man. Yeah, uh, our, our age. We were young. Yeah, yeah, we were young then. I wasn't even thirty yet. Yes, you were. No, I got. Oh, that's right. You turned after I turned thirty. That's right. Okay, so you weren't quite thirty. <laughs> so yeah, I sponsored him, and his wife was Catholic, and 
Mm-hmm. We became very good friends. Nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Godparents of each other's children and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, and I ended up. Don't tell him this part. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> well, you, you don't want Elizabeth to hear this part. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't tell anybody. But I ended up being in charge of that RCIA program. Oh, really? Within a couple of years. Right on. Yeah, but don't tell anybody here. <laughs> oh, because they're going to ask you. Yeah, there we go. So, hey John, have you thought about so, doing an RCA? So guess program? what? He, he doesn't know how to play the guitar, and he's yeah. never. Yeah. He's never well, I, I see your hands broken, so you can't play guitar. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, that's about right. you're a very intimidating person. Yeah. So RCA, you're not. Yeah, a, yeah, you don't have the hospitality. Yeah, but definitely yeah. not. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's oh, a bummer. That's a bummer. <laughs> so, John, did you grow up Catholic? I did. Yeah, I did. Yes. Gotcha. And in the yep. area, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was oh, it a big Catholic family? No, no. Okay. My my family's a little bit, a little bit different, I'd say. Well, it's probably more normal today. Yeah, but it, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Then. Go ahead. No, I have an older sister, about a year older. Okay. Yeah, we grew up in most of the time in Appleton. Okay. And then we moved when I was a little bit later in grade school, but you know, I went to a, I was a, a server at the at Sacred Heart Church in Appleton. Okay. You know where Sacred Heart Church is? No, no idea. And, uh, <laughs> right. and here's, you know, you said something about as long as you know, you act like where you're going, it's okay. <laughs> that was a big tip I got in server training at eight years old. If you're going across the sanctuary, just keep going. Nobody else knows that you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop in the middle. <laughs> it makes me laugh because... Here in the headlights. Because you and I were just servers for oh, one of uh, our friends' wedding. Yeah, Will. Yeah. Great wedding. But great wedding. Uh, you had no idea it was. He'd asked me to be a server, and I never done it my entire life. I didn't know what you were doing. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, man. But that's fine. I'll, I'll say yes. Yeah, definitely. So Cameron definitely uh, carried the team. Why well, I, I hadn't done it in? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm 30, so I haven't done it in uh, 20, uh, 24 years. But you helped the servers. 20, uh, 23 years. I don't help them. I just go to mass every week and know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I did too. You know, but I'm not like, I guess I'm not like watching the servers. If that makes of sense. Of course you're not because you have somebody at mass. Right. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Wow. Ouch. Jeez. They must, have been I'm not, very, I'm not, they must have been very good servers. <laughs> you know, if they're all over the place distracting you, then you're watching yeah. them. Well, I'm not like, okay, I'm not like not watching the servers, but I'm also like not directly like, hmm. What is this server doing at this exact moment in in time? You know, you gotta watch them. It's comedy gold. <laughs> it's pretty good sometimes. I've seen the what, what do you what oh, the cincture yeah, yeah, yeah. when they yeah, yeah. they like mm-hmm. take it and they'll Try whip it around. <laughs> like let's, let's, let's save the dance for later. <laughs> but yeah, fake it till you make it, man. You know, and just look confident doing it. Mm-hmm. That's what I did, and people said I didn't do too bad. So you, know, you I'll did. Take it. You're welcome. Thanks, appreciate, man. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely carry the team. You're like, hey, you want to sit by the priest? And I was like, why? He's like, that's actually less responsibility. And I was like, it is. sounds great. I will take less responsibility. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so Sacred Heart. So, yeah, we, Appleton. we were very much uh, members of the parish and grew up, I would say, a pretty normal, solid Catholic family in the 70s. Um, yeah, then we moved. We moved to northern Wisconsin in the sticks. And how, about how where, far where's the stuff? Uh, you know where Ladysmith is? No. Nope. So yeah. So if you go to Eau Claire, mm-hmm. it's sixty miles north. Yeah. That's where Ladysmith is. Oh. County seat, poorest county in the state. Yeah. Um, fifteen hundred people in the in the county seat. How close Ladysmith. is that to Warehouser? About ten miles okay. east. 
Yeah, my uncle lives in Weyerhaeuser, yeah, so that's why no lady is me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 100 people in my graduating class. And then what? And then I escaped. I went to West Point. Um, oh, oh, heck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Immediately after, you're like, no, wow. I'm yes. out. See you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome, though. So you got. Well, you kind of left out the the kind of sad but important part there. Oh, my parents were divorced when I was 14. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, so that's an important at piece. That, at, yeah. at that yeah. juncture and at that time, that was not a norm. You know, yeah, it was wasn't, not. Wasn't, it was wasn't more unusual. unusual. Thing. Yeah, it was, was more, more unusual, unusual than normal. Too. Yeah. Mm. yeah so that's why you moved. Uh, no, we moved. We moved still intact. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that my mother thought it was going to be more like what it was like growing up as a, as a young girl in northern Wisconsin when she would vacation with her family there, visit her family there. But it, it's not as an adult. Life is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that she kind of lost, lost that sense and drifted away. You know, who, who knows what goes on in the marriage but the two people, sure, and sure. Even, even they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day she announced, yeah, she was leaving. Really? And she moved back to Appleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So, so it was I was just, I was, four, I was fourteen at the time. My sister was fifteen. They, my parents had been married for for just over fifteen years. Wow. Yeah. Was was the move up there and just just a for a change of pace? Was it for a job? Uh, was it? No, no. She wanted to move. Really? She, okay. She she was a nurse. My dad worked. Uh, He's an electrician. He worked in the factories in Appleton, and she had this. Um, you know, fairy tale view of what it was going to be like. Let's move up north in the woods. They bought a house on Chippewa River, seventy-five acres of land. Whoa! Yeah, mm-hmm. way out in the sticks, fifteen miles from the paved road. <laughs> now, besides, it's uh, you got to maintain seventy-five acres. Uh... Yeah, well, it was all wooded. You know. Oh sure. Kids okay. cut the grass. And, you know. Yeah, there was supposed less jobs up there too. It, yeah, assuming, it was. Right? It was pretty pretty meager. My we moved with a family from Nina, close friends of my parents. So their their son, a few years younger than me, we all moved up together. Um, they lived on our property until they built a house on their adjacent land. And uh, and then my dad and, and this other man who were working for a contractor, they were electricians, um, <clears throat> decided they were going to start their own residential electrical business. So they announced this to the, the other owner, the, bu- the builder. And gave him plenty of notice, and he immediately terminated them. Whoa. Yeah. So well, you know, now they're competitors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So things kind of got rough financially. My mother was a nurse uh, working in Rice Lake, 40 miles away. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, thing, things were very, very rough financially, and I think that just wore on them too much, and mm, sure. she left. Mm. Yeah. My mother has since passed away five years ago, so. How did that... Um, that move combined with the divorce, how did that impact you? You know, you grew up Catholic family, sounded like pretty normal Catholic family. How did that impact you? Bigger bigger city. Yeah. Like you moved from Appleton and now you're, you know, I've never, yeah, I've never really directly thought about that. Sure. But people say big life events, they either draw you closer or you drift farther away from God. Right. Um, So I have to say, it must have pulled me closer. Okay. I don't remember that specifically happening, but my dad always kept the faith. 
Okay. We, we never stopped practicing our faith. Um, I, I lived with him. We had to decide, actually. Really? Wow. My okay. sister and I. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, during the during the divorce proceeding, the judge brought us into his chambers and said, "Okay, your parents oh. are in there discussing um, custody. So I want to get your your input." <laughs> wow, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you shouldn't do this crazy. to a fourteen year old. Fourteen year old boy. Yeah, yeah. So I said, "Well, we've discussed this, and and we oh oh the judge also said your mother is claiming that your father has brainwashed you." <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah, that's exactly my reaction. I looked at him and I thought, yeah, we were born into this world with nothing. And they filled our heads. (laughs) Yeah, I guess they both brainwashed us. (laughs) He looked at me like, wow, that's pretty astute. Okay, I'll let you guys decide. Who do you want to live with? (laughs) And we said, well, we've discussed it already. She's going to go with mom. I'm going with dad. We both want to go with dad, but somebody's got to go with mom. Wow. Because we knew that she would be devastated. Somebody needed to look after her. So. Did you see in contact with your sister during this time? Or how yeah, did you yeah, guys... we, we yeah. did. Okay. It, it was, I call it hostage exchange. So she she went with her, but within three months she was back. My mother kicked her out. Oh. They never oh, did get along, hmm. even growing up earlier. So. Yeah. so it was hostage exchange after that, every two weeks, back and forth on the Greyhound bus. Yeah. Wow, you had to take Greyhound to have that. Yeah. Oh, two weeks in the summer, Greyhound bus every other weekend through high school and then I went to live with my mother actually one summer and right before my freshman year of high school I was going to go to Xavier High School and she said at the end of the summer I want you, who, what priest are you most comfortable with talking to at the parish now she's not catholic anymore or not practicing she had married someone else who was catholic but you, you can't go get married yeah so they are suddenly methodist so and they're they're going to the Methodist church. They're married, and so anyway, she asked me who I was most comfortable with. I told her. She said, "Great, I want you to go over and talk to him and tell him you don't want to go back and see your dad at the end of the summer." So, <laughs> I said, "Well, well, that's not true. I do want to go visit." <laughs> and she and she got really mad. Um, she lost it. Um, and she found the other half of the bus ticket that she had given to my sister to send her back. It was around. It was a two-way yeah, ticket. Right. So I got the other half, and she wow. threw it at me. I walked over and left and called my dad. I went to the priest, mm-hmm. <laughs> called my dad, and uh, he came and got me. And that was the end of that. And so it was always it was a very tense, you know, strained relationship mm-hmm. for, for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went off to West Point, which it's, has its own challenges. Oh, sure. So I was missing home a lot. Sure. And I came back, and, and I wrote my mom while I was there. And she came and visited me one time, actually, in my first year. And then I came back um, at Thanksgiving. And, you know, so we always visited. Kind of just didn't talk about what happened that day. Sure. Um, but but the relationship was, was strained. Which branch of the military is West Point? Uh, Army. Army. Army, okay. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, I can't imagine. I was eight. When my parents got divorced, so I really didn't understand anything. Um, we weren't given a choice for custody law. We did like 50, 50, 50. Yeah. Um, but I think I think in like some cases, I think that's kind of I mean that's worse because you're always moving. Yeah, I I wouldn't be in favor. You know, of that. it's it's we we were with my dad Monday, Tuesday, 
Then we went to my mom's for Wednesday. Then we came back to my dad's for Thursday. We, then we went back to my mom's on Friday. The Saturdays alternated, and then we went back to my mom's on Sunday. Oh my gosh! Wow, it man. was just it was constant. My dad lived in Plymouth. My mom lived in Sheboygan, so it wasn't that far of a drive. Mm-hmm. But when you do it every day, it's long. <laughs> it's yeah, long. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And it, it it's a lot of strain on both of my parents to figure out like. Well, we, I've got to get you over there because you're eight years old and you can't drive, yeah, yeah. you know? And eventually I had to pick just because I worked in Plymouth. It didn't make sense for me to, to ever go back to Sheboygan because I was working at the Pig. But for many, many years, my brother and I were just like exhausted. It's just so tiring to see you know, your family split apart. You don't understand why. They can't really tell you why mm-hmm. because in that, frame somebody poorly or or whatever else i just remember like sitting in we had like a crawl space my mom's house in sheboygan i remember just going in there and crying and i never understood why why i was so upset because no one ever told me Mm -hmm. why i was upset and i would come out and i would just you know try to go about my my normal day i can't imagine like that sucked but I still get to see both of my parents all the time. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine being a Greyhound mm-hmm. bus drive away from yeah. either of my parents. Right. You know, and, and putting the financial stress on top of that was just, yeah. you know, in, in the 70s, 80s, early 80s, I guess it was. Yeah, they were divorced from 1979. <clears throat> we, had, we had no money. We were on welfare. And you... You know, so we had subsidized lunches. Mm-hmm. The thing about it, this is crazy. You, you, you got to go buy a lunch ticket. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're subsidized. You go over to that window to purchase your ticket. Oh, <clears throat> then, oh your ticket's a different color. So when you get in line, you get it punched. It's like, oh, could we mm-hmm. single me out anymore? You know? right. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, I did well in school, so I just kind of and participated in every every extracurricular thing I could. It was hard because we were 15 miles from town, but I was on the track team, the cross-country team, and the forensics team. So that kind of just occupied my time and my mind. And mm-hmm. I didn't think a lot about the other stuff going on around at, at home. And my dad was, he never said a bad thing about my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to this day. Um and I really credit him for that. And, and I yeah. and I noticed it. I recognized it. Now, he, he got remarried, and I really struggled with that. Um, so I have a half-sister who's 17 years younger. And as my dad's half-sister said, when we found out she was coming, she said, there are no such things as half-sisters. She's your sister. And, and I've always felt that way. I've never mm-hmm. felt any, any less yeah. about her. Um but I really struggle with that new family and and these stepbrothers, three stepbrothers who are younger than me, um, and I just wanted to get away. And that that was one of the biggest reasons why I went to West Point. We didn't have any money, so that was the biggest reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to go to college, but I had no idea what I was getting into. But it was a way to escape. Uh, in the end, it worked out, you know. Right. But, you know, I would say my dad's wit- witness and how he talked about my mother around me anyway mm-hmm. was very good. And and we continued to go to church. Um, that was never a question. 
interestingly enough, I did not get confirmed until I was at West Point, either a freshman or a sophomore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that just because of that? It was the 80s and they did things differently? Or? Um, <clears throat> I, I don't think so. I think my peers were, were going to formation in the parish, but I, I didn't. Okay. Because just the logistics were just too hard for us. Right. Sure. You know, we had one mm-hmm. one car, and my dad's working all the time, and um, <clears throat> so later I asked my dad about that, and he said, "Well, I wanted you to decide for yourself." And I suppose there's there's some legitimacy to that, but so I'm wondering from a comment made maybe yesterday that I'm I'm the sponsor of my my uh, younger sister for her baptism. Oh, that's so cool! But I wasn't confirmed yet. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it in that man is you group. Yeah, yeah. Father Doug had said something about you know you have to be confirmed. Like, oh yeah, that's right. And it never occurred to me until Saturday. Wait a minute. <laughs> Back then, did we even think about that? Nobody asked. But yep. I wasn't. I wasn't the only sure godparent. So I guess she's still legitimately baptized. There you right? go. Va- valid, but not listen. <laughs> right? Is that the word? <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. And I'm the godfather of her son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and confirmation sponsor of that same son. Yeah. Oh, that's really that's neat. That's yeah. that's a nice. I don't know if it's a bow on top of the situation, but a nice, yeah. uh, nice badge to kind of have. Mm. You know. Yeah. On top of that. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. So, so back to my wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say, how do we go from West Point then to South Carolina? Well, I got out of the army uh-huh. after little under little over four years, um, right after the Gulf War. Where were you stationed? In, in Germany. Oh, right on. Um, cool. I was in a unit that patrolled East West German border. You probably oh, know wow. oh the wall was still up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. The wall fell down while I was there. That's yeah. wild. Whoa. The wall came down in February, and I got there in February of 89, and the wall came down in November of 89. What was that like? It was chaos for uh, for a few days. Oh, I'm sure. And then it was a lot of uncertainty for months, like, oh, we're not sure what's really going on here. Um, yeah, but it was very interesting. It was exciting to be there. Yeah, And then, and then the Gulf War started. So I spent three months in Kuwait at the end of that. Um, <clears throat> and then when I got back, it was near the end of my tour in Germany, so I decided I was I was going to get out. So I came back to the states. I recruited with some number of companies and uh, got hired by Michelin, whose operations are mostly in South Carolina, mm. in in the in the United States, headquartered in France, and that's where I met Margaret. Margaret, what brought you to South Carolina? Um, I had a degree in chemical engineering from the University of Michigan. Oh, sick! And uh, got recruited there. Nice. So yeah. Well, so what were you, what were you doing for Michelin then? Yeah. That's a really good question. She was a process. Engineer. I was a press. Well, they, I was called a process technician. It was like they didn't. I didn't. Wasn't allowed to be called an engineer for some reason. Um, but yeah. So you know, I'm this lone smart young lady in the midst of all of these. Yeah. Older men, men, men. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, the, the uh, and, and all it was, so it was kind of it was hard to figure out how to fit in to all of that, but um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my work, but I didn't enjoy it that much. 
<laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so, um, what does that mean? <laughs> um, I viewed my chemical engineering degree as a maybe a, as as a way to um, move on from my parents and oh, okay. you know develop my own life, which was you know which was good, which is what people should do. Um, but it wasn't my passion. I'm not sure I could look back even now and be like, what was I really passionate about? You know, it's like, oh, I can, okay, I'll do this degree. And, you know, okay, so I have these things I need to do to get that degree. I'll do those things. Yeah, I feel like, so, okay, chemical engineering, though, that's pretty, mm-hmm. like, sounds pretty intense. You must have a lot of, like, skill in chemistry and math, though. So were you just like, this is what I was good at, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to do that? Yeah, okay. pretty much. All right. I mean, uh, and her dad was a chemist. My dad okay. was a okay. chemist. Oh, yeah, there, we go. He was, uh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. But it's, she's pretty smart. I, was gonna say well, that, I, I see the in now into in into the chemical engineering yeah. part. Yeah, because yeah. you had the, was, the exposure to yeah, it yeah. already. Okay, mm-hmm. and she worked. She worked at Dow. I worked at both at both Dow Chemical and Dow Corning. Wow! All yeah. right, that's high up there. Yeah, it was fun. It was interesting. I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what what do they What do they have you do as a as a chemical te- as a process as a I, I spent a lot of time working on okay we worked we both worked in the part of Michelin where they prepare the wire that goes in your steel belted radials you know tires mm-hmm. okay. so we like started with the wire that was really nice and thick and kept making it smaller and thinner and then putting stuff on it so it wouldn't so there's, corrode yeah, so there's a plating Generally. process a- so that was the portion that I was involved in Maintaining those in chemical baths yeah. and the composition of the brass that goes on wire. Mm-hmm. And zinc. It was zinc, too. How often does that have to be replaced? Or you just replace the tire? <clears throat> oh, well, yeah. You, just re- you would replace the tire. Oh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't take the, the metal out of the tire once it's in the rubber. Okay. I, I <laughs> I'm I like, know. I don't know how to answer that yeah. question. <laughs> I, I'm like, but the fabrication of tires is fascinating. Yeah, it really, it actually, really it is. was pretty, that was pretty cool. But then when we found out, because we were both working in the same kind of department, when the higher-ups found out that we were getting married, and it was, they, they had John was on a, on a management track, track and they're like, going to be one of the yeah. product line managers in that part of the company. Which then meant he would have been my boss. And like, yeah, that's that's a no-go. You have to find someplace else to work. I'm like, okay. So I moved to a different department okay. for about four months. And then I was like, and I wasn't enjoying that. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm done here. So that's kind of what put us on the track that we learned at that point how to live on one income. Because we had gone from having two pretty decent substantial mm-hmm. incomes and we you know each had our own houses prior to gets getting married you know we had our cars paid off all of those things but then we made a choice at that point we're like well we're going to try to we're going to do this on one income and that was i mean the best thing that we ever did but it was you know a very scary thing to yeah, do we, too because we, we like saved hers it, completely yeah put it towards the house payment and the wedding and the wedding it was expensive. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And partway through that, you'll like this. I announced to her, when we're married, we we can't practice any form of contraception. Were you, were you Catholic at this point? 
Uh, no. no. Okay. I was still no. going through RCIA. Okay. So we'll only, uh, we'll only practice NFP. Mm-hmm. Now, natural family planning for natural those family are, planning. Uh, yeah. So, so I didn't know, <laughs> I probably didn't know what NFP meant when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I probably didn't know what contraception was when I said that. <laughs> so I have no idea why I said to this day, you know, and I, I believe in the Holy spirit and I believe the Holy spirit works in you. Yeah. But I'm an engineer. I got a double engineering, a double E degree, an electrical engineering degree. So my mind doesn't think more of the spiritual. It's very logical, concrete. Yeah, it, it tends paths. to be more logical. So I say yes, the Holy Spirit works in me, but it's in a more technical way. Sure, sure. But that yeah. day, no, that was the Holy Spirit <laughs> whopping me over the head with a baseball bat. Did you say and go? What was that? Yeah. What, what did I just say? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? What was that? And then it was pretty much, um, we're done here. And I told him to go home because that was at my house. I said, you need to leave. And he's like, um, okay. Why did you tell him to leave? Because I was so baffled by this, these words coming out of his mouth. I'm like, I, I need to have some time to just process. Did you know what he meant? <laughs> no, not really. Probably more than I did. Probably, more than I did. <laughs> uh, probably, probably in the back of my mind, I kind of knew what he was trying to say, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not sure we're at that point in our engagement that we should be discussing this. <laughs> so so then, you know, because as we've already established, we, we worked in the same factory and we lived on the same street. So we would, you know, take sure. one car. So that was great, except it's a 20 minute drive from our from our homes to the factory. And so, um, yeah, that was we had about three days of silence in the car. <laughs> she, I didn't talk to, to him, days. didn't talk to him at work. We didn't have dinner together. It was like, okay, thanks for the ride. Bye. <laughs> and we're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, I think he was probably thinking um, this could have been a deal breaker. What did I just what did I just do? Well, I mean, I yeah. suppose but, it's better that, you know, now. Yeah, exactly. Of, I mean, it was the right time. You know, I probably, shouldn't have waited, yeah. you know, but I probably did think that, yeah, this maybe this is done. But I'm sticking by this. Mm-hmm. It's smart. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I, uh, I spent a week with the Mormons in Germany. Okay. One of uh, my coworkers was Mormon. Oh. And and I would go to his house for dinner quite mm-hmm. quite often. And one day we're we're walking home to dinner, and he says, uh, "Hey, Ig, that's my nickname." Uh, you didn't tell us that nickname before. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Good thing, huh? Ig. All right. So I'm John. This is Ig. <laughs> Was it I- Ig short for some Iggy? Iggy? Because because my sponsor in the unit when he announced, oh, we have this new lieutenant coming. Oh, what's his name? I don't know. It's Lieutenant I I, I Lieutenant Iggy something. <laughs> <laughs> and so before I even got there, I had this nickname. Everybody called funny. me that, including the colonel. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody knew my name. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so he says, hey, 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 Ig, um, oh, I forgot to tell you, I have two missionaries. You know, Mormons go on this mission thing, and two of them are staying with us for the week. So if you don't want to come to dinner tonight, that's perfectly fine. I was like, oh, no. That would be great. I'm coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I went, and we talked, and, and of course, they're Mormons, they're missionaries, yeah. and they're doing what they're supposed to do, and they're like, hey, w- let's let's talk. Well, okay. I would be very interested to find out about your religion, because I work with with a Mormon. It yeah, would be good for yeah, me. Yeah, but I just want to warn you up front. I'm I'm Catholic, and I'm a solid practicing Catholic. At least I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> and I will listen, but please don't try to convert me. 
Oh, mm-hmm. no, 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 that would be fine. So we spent a week. Every night for a couple hours, I got lessons from them at the end of the week. They insisted I convert. I said no. <laughs> they were upset. <laughs> they finally left, and my friendship went on with my uh, fellow lieutenant, and everything was fine after that. You didn't want to become your own god, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But it did tell it's... me I should read the Bible. Sure. I'd never read the Bible <laughs> yeah. front to back. Mm-hmm. So I did. <clears throat> um, so that was kind of phase one of I probably ought to learn more about my own religion before I start saying something about somebody else's religion, good or bad mm-hmm. or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to South Carolina, when I moved to South Carolina, as Margaret said, 3%, 2% Catholic, you're hit all the time with, are you saved? Are you saved? <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> Catholics need to get good at answering that question. So I read a book, Catholicism and Fundamentalism. Awesome book. Um, Catholic Answers, I think, publishes it. can't remember the author now. Um, and he had a great answer in there. Yes, I'm saved. And like the Apostle Paul, I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling every day. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's yeah, good. Good line. Yeah. So so I did a lot of reading, um, a lot of studying, a lot of Scott Hahn. Mm-hmm. What a great apologist. Um, where was I going with that? I so, don't know. So Talking to the, the Methodists. <laughs> Is it mostly is it mostly Methodist or mostly Baptist? It's Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist. Baptist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one one friend of mine I worked with, great guy. His name was Jim. Uh, He he was a graduate of Bob Jones University. Bob Jones is like the mecca of yeah Southern Mm -hmm. Baptist fundamentals. Bob Jones. Yeah. That's in Greenville, just up the road Mm -hmm. from us. And he he invited me to a, a lecture at his church one evening. And so I get up to his house. I'm going to go with his family. And he says, uh, pulls me in the living room and says, oh, I want to to apologize. I just found out the lecturer tonight, he's really anti-Catholic. And and I don't want you to be offended. Oh, it's okay. I can take take it. So we go to the lecture, and he's talking about the Reformation history and Zwingli and Calvin. And it was great. It was a great talk, a great lecture. And then my friend's pastor got up at the end, and he's waving a mass card, and he's denouncing Catholics, and he's really—I mean—he's really going at it. And I feel like it's—it's it's just me he's looking at. Mm-hmm. Everything else is blacked out, and it's just me. And he's—it <laughs> was, it was probably a, a thousand people in this church, and I thought Jim's told him I'm here. <laughs> I'm trying to slink <laughs> under the pew. And, <laughs> and that's that offended me more than the than the guest speaker. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, we're leaving, and you got to go through kind of the line and say hello, right? And so I, Jim introduces me to the pastor, and they're actually classmates or or whatever. And he, he was very friendly, and he's he's oh, it's so good to meet you. Oh, I I hope you weren't offended by anything I said in there tonight. <laughs> And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I guess I probably lied. <clears throat> I sure. said, I said no. He said, well, w- what church do you go to? Oh, it was, it was. He asked me that question first. What church do you go to? I mm-hmm. said, um, and I knew I was stuck because I had to answer Saint. And if you say Saint anything mm-hmm. to a Baptist, yeah. Yeah. they're gonna yeah. know. <laughs> right, yeah, Saint Andrews. Oh, you're Catholic. 
<laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I hope you're not offended. <laughs> no, sir. He said, well, I hope you read your Bible. And I said, I have. I hope you read yours. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sprinted to the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had started doing a lot of study and, yeah. you know, just trying to strengthen my faith and understand what is this thing I really believe in. And so when Margaret and I met, I think she probably would agree I was pretty strong Catholic at the time. Mm-hmm. I never asked her to convert, never asked her to join the church. But I was committed. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret, I want to ask you a question. So when, so John's, as he says, he's very Catholic at this point of meeting you, um, feels very strong. So what did you think? Were you like, what was your, uh, view of as a Methodist on the Catholic church? Like, is there growing up, was there an anti-Catholic sort of, um, narrative or not a whole lot of that? Well, now here's a little funny story. Okay. <laughs> My mother is a lapsed Catholic. Oh, okay. Um, so, and there was a multitude of reasons for that that I don't need to go into. Sure. But um, I was definitely drawn to the fact that he was being a thoughtful Catholic, mm. that he was trying to understand why he was Catholic, not just because, oh, I grew up Catholic. Um so I think that was what led a lot to the to more in-depth study that we did kind of together. I'm trying to think it was around that time that the first edition of the of the mm-hmm. catechism came yep. out. Yep. So we have like one of the original ones with like the binding falling off that's been that we've read through. I actually read aloud to our kids at Sunday breakfast. That's so it sick. took it took us I love that so much. It, nice. it took like <laughs> Four years. Good four years. Yeah. It, it took a very long time, but our kids, at least they've all heard it once, yeah. mm. which, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to listen to, you know, Father Schmidt, let's read it, you know, <laughs> now. So, um, so having, having that as a basis definitely, um, made it, made it more, um, oh, struggling to find the words here. It gave us a foundation for our marriage, for our marriage, and how we wanted our family to look before we act- started having kids, um, and that I think was was an important thing f- for us, and that was why it was probably easier for us to deal t- sometimes with the well-intentioned but wrong people who would bother us after mass and say, "Well, I know you think your children are lovely." Um, but they're really a distraction. And I looked and Whoa. I remember yeah. I remember it this. Once it happened yeah. once and um to be perfectly honest, our daughter was actually pretty good that day. Pretty good, yeah. I was gonna say I don't remember there being you know, I think she was like up and down out of her chair like multiple times, like any small child is. Yeah, like, so I'm like I I'm like, yeah. I don't recall doing the walk of shame, you know, or having to take her out. And I was like, I was just so shocked. I just stood there I just sat there and looked at this lady and I'm like, why would you say that? Why would mm-hmm. anyone say that? Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that at that point that was when I made it my mission. I'm like, anytime I see somebody with a small child in, in mass, I'm like you for coming thank you for your child thank you for being here and you know making this effort because it's it's a heroic effort that you know parents have to you know because they have to literally you know um 
they have to become very humble because it's very mm -hmm. humbling to yeah. be that parent who's walking out with your child who's totally lost it over the fact that you would not let them drop the kneeler on their foot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. or, you know, you wouldn't let them rip the, the hymnal open. And that's, you know, it's a very humbling experience, but... Although in the front pew of the Marshall's site underneath, some of the paper is missing. Yes. Yeah, they, they've, they've cleaned the <laughs> bottoms of the pews. Yeah. Um, and some of the lacquer on the top of yeah. the pew is missing. Yes. That, that, I don't that, know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't you. That was, yeah. um, but I, I think it gave us a lot of strength mm -hmm. that, that we knew that we were doing the right thing at that point. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, we, we, had, we, by and large, had a lot of support from... Mm -hmm. Members of our parish, from our our priests, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know it's a college town, so there were young, younger kids. Um, that it was just that one incident that really, but it only takes one. Yeah, right. Really yeah, you, you could have like been immediately and, turned and, off by and the and church and just said. And that's what I've read yeah. you know, too many places that up. that's what you know tells people. Oh, this yeah. isn't. I'm not welcome. And here. you know, Father Doug's done a good job of encouraging people to. Be welcoming to the parents and the mm -hmm. young families and mm -hmm. really need to make an extra effort to do that. And pe They notice it, too. I'm really glad I've been part of two parishes. I guess I've been more, but the two that I have been re have recent, like at the last parish I was at, too, like, um, and, and here with Father Doug, which is two priests who are, like, saying it's okay to hear crying. Like, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a beauty to hear crying yeah. going on during Mass because it means that that parent woke up that day they got their kid ready and they made the decision of, yeah, we're going to go to mass because this is important. This is important to us. This is the, the foundation of our family is our faith. And if our kid has a meltdown, our kid has a meltdown, but we went to mass. And so, you know, I guess if, if there's a listener that gets, you know, annoyed by crying, just kind of, you know, put yourself in their shoes. And and, shut your pie hole. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, maybe just offer like, a prayer for that yeah, parent a, who's you know who's struggling. There's two at routes that to, yeah. There's yeah. two routes to take. There's the you know your kid was a distraction, or there's the thank you for bringing your kid to mass. How awesome, you know, like mm -hmm. you know, I know I saw you struggling, but you know what, you're doing great, and I don't want you to be discouraged, you know. And it doesn't last forever, right? Yeah. Right. No. So, so our, our sixteen-year-olds no longer roll around on the pew yeah. and have problems. <laughs> they all they all sit there very they all sit there attentively and they are worshiping. They're smell, so they're very well behaved now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <yeah. laughs> some practical some practical tips, and this doesn't work for everybody, but I've had a lot of people. I think like what I'm about to say. It's helpful. Huh. When our first two were. Two years and a year, or something like that. They're they're eighteen months, seventeen months apart. Mm -hmm. They were they were young. We brought stuff in with us, Cheerios, toys, and one day the Cheerios went flying. Toys were everywhere. We were in the back pew, and I said, "That's it. We're done with this. No more objects come into the church building with us. They either become objects of property dispute or weapons." <laughs> So we're done. <laughs> that's my toy. <laughs> no, that's mine. So we, I'd go in first, and I'd clear the pew of all the books, all the hymnals. Really? Get rid of it all. <laughs> and we moved to the front. So, and, and that, I know that doesn't work for everybody. I'm not saying it's wrong to bring things in for your child at Mass. But for us, that worked. And sitting in the front meant they could see what was going on. I mean, the, when I say the front, the front pew. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can see everything and they're not distracted by anybody else right in front of them or around them. And, mm-hmm. and that worked pretty well for us. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Steve Woods um, mass hold for your child. Steve Woods, a Catholic apologist sure. from Florida. One arm around their waist, gripping your thigh. The other arm around their chest, gripping your upper arm. So you're only squeezing yourself. You can't hurt them, and they can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> and his mantra is, no child of mine under the age of three feet will touch the floor of a Catholic church. Really? I, I couldn't really do that. I was going to say, it's a lot of strength. Yeah, <laughs> you got you to really... <laughs> suck it up to get through 10 that pounds one. doesn't seem that yeah. much until you're holding 10 pounds for an hour yeah okay. but mm-hmm. yeah we we controlled our kids a little bit that way um after we got to three it was a little it was a little harder from man to man his own defense that's right that's exactly right <laughs> but th- those things they, they work for us they don't work for everybody but our kids kind of fell into that rhythm and going to mass was never negotiable it's just like you said it was just the way we lived it's what we did every sunday mm-hmm. and they were always required to get ready we we almost never got them ready to, to this day they all know what time they have to get up and here's here's when the bus leaves better be on the bus um, and it's we've never had pushback or you know maybe they thought about it but they never verbalized anything <laughs> smartly <laughs> <laughs> So um, I just want to return. We left. We left the uh, the engagement story in a weird spot. Oh. Yeah, because uh, we were we were not talking to each other, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been twenty seven. Apparently, the, engage, the engagement time. has been yeah. on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, I forgot we we left that one behind along. Yeah, um, I actually don't. Maybe you remember, but I don't. I I think I finally just. After like three days, I finally just walked up to him, rolled my eyes, and said, "Fine, whatever." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember exactly. How I mean, it was I, I think it was more a case of I was like, "All right, I don't know why, why you opened your mouth and stupid fell out." But um, then I was like, "Okay, well, we'll figure this out. We need to understand what you're actually saying that we're gonna do or not do." Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so- the good Lord works in interesting ways because then we were somewhere else together at a conference and this other couple that we didn't know but was like friends of friends they were like oh how do you know you know our mutual friend and they're like oh we taught them natural family planning like really i need to know that <laughs> i need to know what that is i remember saying that yeah, exactly I need to, to him yeah, that's what i said. need to know what that is <laughs> and so then we drove two and a half hours from where we lived in clemson to outside of atlanta georgia like four or five times and for three or four months yeah yeah to and you know sat at their kitchen table and you know they they taught us what we needed to know and they were eastern european yeah marian and nika yeah they were a fat they were neat people yeah so um was that like an nf was that your friends or were those no, the no, these, NFP- were, these are the friends of the friends yeah. friends of friends yeah okay. so it was like we were literally yeah. going to the stranger's house yeah, yeah. acquaintance you know, acquaintance really yeah, yeah. really going, yeah so it was sort of like and they're like oh yeah well and you know i think but they they taught through the coupled couple league okay okay um coupled couple league largest provider of nfp in the country i think mm-hmm. probably um yeah so we we learned from them mm-hmm. um back in the day when we didn't have some of the technology you have today to help you. Mm-hmm. Big old thick book from pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, charting. 
Mercury thermometer. And Mercury thermometer. Whoa. Yeah, five, five minutes, minutes in the morning, five man. Five minutes to get your temp in the morning. a long time. Yeah. Oh, at the same time, too, right? You're yeah. Supposed to, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So um, we learned a lot. We, it, it's amazing how much we learned. It's amazing how little, and, and maybe you can verify this, how, how little some people in the medical profession really mm-hmm. understand a woman's body and her cycle depending on what their specialty is or not, right? Yeah, well, I'm in a, I'm, I'm actually in MP school right now, and I'm in an OBGYN rotation, mm-hmm. um, partially because I wanted to know more about the cycle. I mean, I know a decent amount, um, but also just more about women's health. And it is fascinating. I think uh, um, there's a couple of providers I work with, though, that are really good at reading charts, mm-hmm. and then some are just, yeah, they're mm-hmm. just not as in tune with they know how to read a chart they know mm-hmm. what's going on but not for like they're not nfp trained okay. i guess you could say um a couple of them are a couple of them are and they're all great providers you know mm-hmm. if you don't go to one that's not you know it's not like a saying they're a bad provider or something right. but, well, my, um, my mom worked for an ob OBGYN practice for years yeah. de- decade or more and when we told her we were doing this nfp thing she's like no, 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 no that doesn't work that's how you got here <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Mom, you're talking about the rhythm method. (laughs) What is is that? Oh, the rhythm method is like the... um, It it, it assumes that your cycles, that one's cycles are the same. Oh, they're not. So day day 14, you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. Or day 17, but okay. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the rhythm method is like (laughs) assuming every woman's cycle is exactly 28 days, which is... Not true. Not true. So, yeah. And every single cycle is also 28 days. So it assumes that everyone cycles 20 days and everybody's, yeah. Which is like bizarre how, yeah. Yeah. Well. So we we learned a lot taking that class. And then we were were involved in um, Engaged Encounter, marriage prep, for a couple of years in South Carolina. And then when we moved to Wisconsin, 2001, yep, we got trained to be NFP teachers. All right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we neat. taught we taught a lot of classes um, that first three four years a, a lot. Back when our let's see our we used a slide projector with slides. You know? Do you know what that is? Yeah, do, I know. Do you know what yeah, that had, had a carousel. Yeah. We had it yeah, dumped over big. one time. Yeah, that was that <laughs> yep. was awesome. I'm not that um, I'm not that young yet. <laughs> John okay. might be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same age. Oh no, you're you're older than me. So, so what? yeah, We're we taught age. a lot of couples. A lot of mm-hmm. couples, natural family planning. Yeah. yeah. And then things kind of moved on where it became virtual. We did virtual classes. Mm-hmm. And then we got old. Yeah. And we decided that we were we were done with that phase of our teaching. So we, we don't teach anymore. Um, but we think the Couple to Couple League has done a tremendous good for the Catholic community and, and beyond, really. Uh, so I think if... Anybody wants to really work with their body to get pregnant, that's the way to do it, mm-hmm. um, whether it's for religious, moral, or health reasons. Mm-hmm. Really, it's exactly. a good thing to do. And it is the only method besides abstinence uh, endorsed by the church. Yeah, correct. And, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we should be clear that there's really only three methods, three methods that are 100%, um, 100% prevent pregnancy 
if you're looking to delay pregnancy or prevent pregnancy. There's mm-hmm. only three methods that are 100% effective. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, the pill is so much more effective. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's, it's not. not. It's just not. as effective as the NFP. There's only three. There's only three. You know what they are? Um, hysterectomy. Uh, uh, surgery for either person. But it, well, that's two of the three. So, so two a, of the three. A, abstinence. Abstinence right? and the other two. <laughs> hysterectomy. Well, a tubal, yeah, yeah. No, or, a hysterectomy, or not a tubal ligation. Not a tubal ligation. Tubal, I should say tubal is, yeah, yeah that's true. Those, those, can be, those can get Yeah, there could be. Rare, rare, of course. Rare, yeah. And, and castration. Right. Not a vasectomy. Not a vasectomy. Very popular so, among the men. Yeah, so, you know, those three are not very popular. <laughs> yeah. So if you can't stomach one of those three, then try NFP. You, you could also only do one of those things. And I'll <laughs> yeah, you have to do all three. Yeah. <laughs> make that clear. Besides, you can choose two of the three. <laughs> well, also, Any his, one person can choose two. And a hysterectomy really isn't, um, most providers won't do it for for yeah. prevention. That's, like you you can't just walk in, I want a hysterectomy because right. I don't want kids. You definitely That's can't, not, no. Well, I know I can't. <laughs> yeah, I do not have you. Yeah, they don't do I don't, hysterectomies for, uh, yeah. for birth control purposes. They do not, yeah. no. Uh, nor should they. <laughs> yeah, no, right, yeah, exactly. Nor should they. Yeah. So it was... And, and we, every once in a great while, we actually have been assigned a couple to um, help with questions over the phone or email, if if mm-hmm. need be, who are taking taking instruction themselves, self paced, online. What are the What are the most common questions you get then? Why if do you this have works so great, why do you have seven kids? Yeah, because you because you were open having seven kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, and I I would always address it right up front when we're teaching classes, like okay. Just to let you know, we have seven kids. Well, originally it was two. Yeah, it was two. And then it was three. Yeah. And then it was yeah. four. And then it was six. And then it was seven. Yeah. Because yeah. they kind of came one at a time, most of them. And I said, <laughs> it, you know, if people could, you could tell a lot of them are thinking, well, it doesn't work. No, it does work. That's why we have seven kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we were taught to view our children as gifts from God mm-hmm. and to accept them lovingly. And, and we never had, we never discussed how many kids we were going to have, Mm-mm. right? I don't re- remember no. ever having that conversation. And I'm not saying it's wrong to discuss that. You, you probably ought to be thinking about responsible parenthood um, and being open to life, you know, as, mm-hmm. as Pope St. John Paul talks about in Love and Responsibility. But um, we didn't need to, you know, financially we were okay. Um, and another thing the great Pope said was one of the best things you can give a child is a sibling. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that our kids, for the most part, would agree with that. I think so. Probably for yeah. for the all part. Yeah. Yeah. What's the age range for your kids? 26 to 13. So 12. So they're thir- a 13-year span. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, after the first three, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I've heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Another kid. Um, you know, by then the oldest is old enough to actually help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you have an oldest one like our oldest one who could really help and be the mother, and it was like we had to pull her back. <laughs> it's like, no. Doing too much. No, it's not your baby. <laughs> Beth, it's not your baby. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys uh, like have a conversation as you're engaged you know like how many kids are we gonna have did you guys want seven kids no the, no. The, no okay like no. I, I don't think we, we, we didn't ever discuss we like don't a discuss number. number i had i had in my head 
I had in my head four. Okay. <laughs> I don't know when I had the number four in my head, but I know when Mary, our fourth child, was born, I thought, that, that's probably enough kids. I remember having that thought. <laughs> now it's four girls at that point. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her mother, Margaret's mother, were we pregnant with Mary? Yeah, we were pregnant with Mary. We had been on a long trip. We had driven to Oklahoma to go to a couple-to-couple league convention. Oh, wow. That's long And we drove back. and With the kids or without the kids? With, with, with the, the kids. kids. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's it a was always drive. a family event, yeah. They were great. We had a blast at those that's conventions. Because mm-hmm. they had things for the kids to do, and you're always welcome, right? It's a couple-to-couple league. Yeah, yeah, there's always kids. Well, I hope kids would be welcome, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> show up with your kids. Yeah. So, so we drive back, and we, we went to Michigan to visit her parents from Oklahoma, I think. So we were tired. She was tired. She's seven months pregnant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I remember I was exhausted. Just And so after that short visit there, um, we went home, and her parents called us. Both her parents have passed away. Um, and told us that we had too many kids and that Margaret is worn out, she's tired, and this is not This is not. Responsible. I think they. I think the word irresponsible yeah, was used. Irresponsible. And it's really hard to hear that when you're an adult and have your, you know, your parents <laughs> tell you that. Yeah. And I'm like, we're, almost, we're not asking you for anything. Yeah. You she's know, she's we're, 28, 29. I'm almost 35. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh. So I got on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Betty. Oh, I think this was to Keith. No, first I talked to oh, Betty. Oh, okay. I said, Betty, okay, four is too many. We'll send one back. Which one you pick? <laughs> 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 and that was it. No more, yeah. no more questions. They didn't, he, they, she didn't give you an answer? They gave up. Yeah. Uh, they gave up. But, but Keith did get on the phone. He told me I needed to get some life insurance. Which was good advice. So that's good advice. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. So I took out, it's a million, dad thing. I took out yeah. a million dollar life insurance policy at the age of 33 or so for 40 bucks a month. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Can't get that anymore. No. I'm not going to 40 bucks a month. That sounds nice. It was a term policy. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, so we'll never see that money again. But one other story I meant to tell earlier, you know, when we were engaged, we would visit her family a couple times a year. And one of those days... So Betty and I had this relationship where I could say something like that to her, like I just said I did, right? Like, okay, Betty, which one? You pick. Um, so we're going to church one Sunday morning. Oh. And the stove is right by the door, and she's scrambling eggs. Margaret has already walked out the door to the car. I'm next, and she stops me. She takes the spatula and stops me. <laughs> she says, hey, what? She says, I know how it works. Right after communion, you, you get out of there and come home for breakfast. I think it was Christmas Day. Yeah, actually, because we're like we're gonna go to Christmas, we'll go to Mass, and then we'll be back, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, yeah. We're, and we like went pretty early. Yeah. I was surprised she was awake. Yeah, she says right, right after communion, you you leave and get home. Says, Betty, would you go to someone's house for dinner, and immediately after the last bite, just get up and leave? <laughs> <laughs> she loved dessert. Not she, gonna lie. <laughs> she looked at me. She waved that spatula. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. 
Yeah, we never had a quote. They never bothered us again she, about yeah. us going to mass. In she fact, didn't they got me again. They got to the point where they were like, we were there for Thanksgiving, and my sister looked at us and she goes, and she's like, okay, so you guys are going to go to mass in the morning. This was on like Thanksgiving Day, and we're like, well, actually, no, today we're, we're not going to go to mass this morning. We're not obligated. And she's like, oh. Okay, so it was kind of yeah, neat they, to they see began that, to plan around that they they realized we can't you know just plan through a Sunday, mm-hmm. and then they sure. started to extend it to other holidays, which I'm like, well, okay, good effort. <laughs> sure, it's Memorial Day. Do you guys have to get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, well, we could, but we can, not, yeah. not obligated. I, that that's gotta that's gotta be good though for at least the kids to see like that your family maybe starts to plan around like that. Uh, the priority is still mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Elizabeth and I went to Christmas Eve mass last year, uh, my family had already started their Christmas Eve stuff at like three. Well, Christmas Eve at Marshall's, you know, four o'clock, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And it was cold. <laughs> last year, the heating wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's 35 degrees in the Marshall church. Elizabeth is opening the doors for people. It was like it was like negative twenty mm-hmm. degrees outside yeah, that day or something. Um, and the heater had gone out, you know, obviously because you know that's what happens. And um, so we were cold. We went to mass. We both read. That's why we were there. We were lecturing. And then like we left, and like we got to my aunt's, and some people had already left. Um, and I was really. We were really kind of upset about it. It was our, the first Christmas after my grandpa had passed. So now that side of the family, their mom and dad are now gone. So we really wanted to be there with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, people had already left. Like the party the party was already gone, right? Uh, it was, my aunts and uncles were still there, but it just kind of felt weird. So like even after we left, we were driving home and Elizabeth said, you know, I just don't feel like it's Christmas. I was like, well, well, you know, why do you why do you think that? And she's like, well, mass felt so off. And of course, like you know, sometimes mass you know feels weird. A, it's thirty five degrees in the church. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> and then like we had this crestfallen experience at Christmas Eve, and like, of course, we were at mass because we had to. You know, we were we got to minister, so we mm-hmm. got to lecture. And you have a different mentality when you're, mm-hmm. you know, every Sunday night I'm the sacristan. At six thirty, mm-hmm. it's a very different mentality when you're ministering. You know, you get to minister; it's awesome, but it's not the same as just going to mass. Mm-hmm. So, we decided two miles outside of Saint Nazian uh, to go to Saint Peter the Fisherman because they have a, they had a ten o'clock mass. <laughs> She's like, I just want to go to mass, you know, and just be present at the celebration of the mass. So I'm like, that sounds great. Let's do it. So we're like, all right, we're gonna go to mass. We're gonna be you know, we're just going to go to Mass. We're not going to have to do anything. This is great. We're not parishioners here. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that happens when you walk in? Do you guys want to bring up the gifts? Bring up the gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. For, we, we have been blessed to go to many different churches around the country in our, in our travels. It has been awesome. Every time <laughs> we go to a different church, I, I think it's just the, the nice hospitality ladies see a young Catholic couple and they're like, do you guys want to bring up the gifts? Sure. Um, which is great. Like, I don't mind serving, the, you know, I don't mind bringing up the gifts. Like, what is it? You know? Yeah. I'm, but it should fine. be someone from their community, really. It, you know? it it should. And then it's like, okay, now we got to think about like, 
where's the table going to be? Because mm-hmm. everybody puts the table somewhere else. Or are they going to bring up the get? Like, do they bring it to you and then you bring out? It's just, it's a, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you think about it. Mm-hmm. And since you're thinking about it, you're not <clears throat> part, actively participating in the mass. Uh, and all that, all that to say, I guess, is uh, when we, when we take time to prioritize the mass and to prioritize being present at the mass, I think that bleeds into our families. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it should bleed into our families. The goal is that I, the entire family is going with you, right? But yeah. uh, I guess it just kind of reminded me of that, of that experience. Um, so I think that, uh, I think that's cool that, you know, even though your family, Margaret, wasn't practicing, mm-hmm. um, that they were starting to, to recognize how important this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they were respectful of it. When you said it about Elizabeth saying it just didn't feel like it was off. I, want, I just want to go to Mass. We, we had that experience with my mother's funeral. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I want to make sure I, sit, I characterize this properly. And my, my mother was um, a lapsed Catholic, a lapsed Methodist, and she was attending, um, is it New Life Church on 8th Street, across from Quick Trip? Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel. Oh, that one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's where she was worshiping. Um, and she had made some friends there, and they were very, very helpful in her last weeks and months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very thankful to them for, for the visits and the help that they gave her. And they, they were the body of Christ to her. I saw really? that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I said that to them at her funeral service. But... It wasn't my experience of a Catholic funeral. Right. And, and it's not like, well, because it wasn't Catholic, it wasn't right. But it, we reflected on that, and there were, there were things missing. Um, it was more of my cousin, who's a preacher, um, doing an altar call. You know, it wasn't, it, it, it just didn't seem like it was a way to, for us to wrap up this woman's life and give her to our Lord and, and, and trust in his mercy. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't I, I didn't get a sense of that's what we were doing um, not that it was wrong for him to try to invite other people to, to a, into a relationship with with Jesus which is what he was doing um, but I, I felt like so much of a loose end there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that just spoke volumes to us about the value of Catholic liturgy and rituals mm-hmm. you know there's we're creatures of habit and our faith is just full of all of this physical stuff to to help us express our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And that, that that doesn't make us materialistic. That doesn't make us idol worshipers. It helps us to relate to our God who gave us this physical world in our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should take advantage of that. So so I did not have a Catholic funeral for her at her at her request. Not sure I could have. I don't know how that works out, but um, in fact, in her dying days, like the last day, the day before, I asked her, "Mom, could I get a priest in here?" No, she refused. I should have done it anyway. Mm. Um, the next day, when she died, I think she tried to tell me something the night before, and may, maybe that's what she was saying. I don't know. I don't know what she was saying. I couldn't understand her. Um, but then finally, weeks, months later. Mm-hmm. Um, F- Father Rocky, you know who Father Rocky is? I don't um, know. Executive Director of Relevant Radio. 
Oh, uh, sure, sure. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So he's a he's a friend of mine. Um, so I was at a camp at Wincliffe, um, the boys' camp that I run, and I was telling him about my mom passing, and he says, "Well, and I was telling him about this experience of the funeral and how we just it, it was missing." He says, "Well, has anybody blessed her grave?" I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> okay, call call your wife. Tell her to meet us at the cemetery. <laughs> so we got in the car and she met us at the cemetery and he blessed her grave and that beautiful mm-hmm. that was great yeah. mm. Lauren I've talked about like when you say it's not the same like when you go to like a funeral that you know you just felt like something was missing mm-hmm. um, like we've talked about that with like weddings I feel like I've talked about you mm-hmm. with, with you about that too where like you go to I've, I've had a lot of friends amazing friends great friends um, <laughs> beautiful weddings um that we have attended, uh, we, that we have gone to their weddings together, and if it's not a Catholic way, it's just something missing. You and, and I, or you and Laura? No, like Laura and I, and oh, we talked okay. about how, like, but I, I think I've talked to with you not on the podcast about like it wasn't a Catholic wedding. It was so beautiful, but it wasn't. Oh yeah, the mass. yeah, there wasn't yeah, the mass. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that, there wasn't the sacrament of you know the wedding, and so um, yeah, I just feel that same kind of way too with like funerals and mm-hmm. and big events when it's um, like weddings and such when it's when there's not a mass it just doesn't feel the same mm-hmm. um, oh, well a lot of the time it's you can tell where the priorities are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a in a wedding you it de- it depends like I've, I've seen i've seen catholic uh, marriages where it's just the sacrament and I've seen Catholic weddings, including my own and including yours, John, that were the sacrament in the mass. Mm-hmm. Like both of them sacramentally, totally valid, mm-hmm. totally great, mm-hmm. totally beautiful, love it. But then you go to a ma- uh, a wedding. Uh, there's no way they'll ever listen to this, so I'm going to talk about them. We had a, when Elizabeth and I were first dating. Uh, I was still uh, Lutheran, and I'm putting quotes around Lutheran because. That's just what I told people that I was. I wasn't practicing in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we went to a wedding in Milwaukee for a couple of friends, and it was on a. It was in the city, uh, on a rooftop, uh, like a wedding and a wedding venue. Mm-hmm. So like, the the where the people were sitting was kind of inside, and then the wedding party, mm-hmm. uh, including mm-hmm. the I forget who the officiant was, whatever. They were outside, gorgeous. It was a beautiful day. Um, they said their they said their vows are uh, right when the sun was was overhead and it was very very pretty, uh, but it just it it just looking back on it, you know, you look at those situations where it's okay. Why did you get married here? Well, because it would be pretty outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Why did you get you know? Why did you get married on on top of a rooftop? Well, because it'd be really gorgeous outside. Or um, it'll be really nice outside. People will remember the venue. People will remember X, Y, Z about our wedding because it's at this this venue. And right. um, you could drink before the ceremony. It's a different vibe. Maybe that's Sorry, I'm, just, I'm giggling about that because actually at one of our nieces weddings because they they did not have a a mass so um 
our daughter was pregnant and when she found out she's like wait a minute it's not a mass she's like just, we're not gonna have the eucharist i'm like no she's like she's like i'm out of here she booked it across the street to the quick trip to get something to eat because she's pregnant oh, she, she was, was fast. starving yeah. oh my goodness and, and she's like wait a minute oops sorry she's like jesus isn't gonna isn't oh she's like okay i'm sorry i'm out and you know it was like like well I couldn't really fault her because I'm like, she was well within her rights. You know, I mean, it made sense. She's like, oh, okay. Well, mama's got to eat. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And she's like, "Um, okay. And I don't have to have a Eucharistic fast, but it was, you know, it was, it was neat though, that she was like all the way up to that point. She was like expecting this. And then she was just so surprised. Mm. Props to her for keeping the I know, right? I know. I'm like, there's one time yeah. and you, you, the, those fast rules don't apply. It's when you're when you're pregnant, pregnant or when you're yeah. nursing. You know, yeah. it's like the good Lord knows. He mm-hmm. understands. And it, He's okay with it. He is okay yeah. with it. <laughs> so all, that, all of that to say then that like while these ceremonies are might be beautiful and it might be a great celebration of the, those people's mm-hmm. love for each other and mm-hmm. it, uh, it's a great party. It's a great celebration of their of their family and their friends. And that's awesome. When I think about, excuse me, when we started, Elizabeth and I started planning our wedding, we started with the mass. Mm -hmm. We started with how are we going to celebrate the mass? You know, Mm -hmm. the readings that you're going to choose, how are we going to involve people that we love to serve for us or to read? We had um, life team teens Mm -hmm. and friends serve for us. We had very good friends play music for us, canter for us, read for us, well, for the mass. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we we started there, yep. and we built off of that because we knew what was important. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. That if we if we didn't start with God, then where's our marriage? Where's our marriage going to go? Right. You not to say that these other celebrations don't you know don't involve God. They very well invoke the name of God, mm-hmm. right? But the, where's the priority? And it's very evident where the priority is if you go to a Catholic Mass. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to <clears throat> I want to be like disparaging. I'm not like hating on people that get married oh, outside no. the church. No, no. It doesn't fair. count. No. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's still a, you know. This is related, but a little bit of a segue. Or, we, a ta- we, or is this a tangent? A tangent. Not okay. a segue. Okay. A tangent. A tangent. Or secant. But related. Yeah, or secant, yeah. Could the, be a chord. We've been listening to the Bible, uh, the Catechism in a Year by Father Mike Schmitz. It's great. Listen well, to it. If you haven't listened to it, yes, stop this. Listened, stop the podcast. Stop right now That's and right. go listen. Listen to it. it. Catch up. Yeah, yeah. Only, you're only what? We're only on day three. Welcome back. Twelve or something. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Have you done the Bible yeah, in a year? Because you can actually do the whole thing. Come here. Listen to that. Tears. We'll see in tears. But he said, when talking about, he's going through the commandments. Sure. And he's talking about marriage um, in the context of adultery and uh, talking about that commandment right I shall not commit adultery that you make your wedding vows on that day not not because that's the that's the the least likely day you need to make them make this promise it's easy to make the promise mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you make that because knowing that there will come a day when you won't want to keep that promise and it'll be hard whatever circumstance is. Um, and that's why you make that vow. Yeah. And to then recall that when times get tough, 
Mm. Yeah. Because every marriage does, you know. You guys know that. But yeah. I think that people, we, we've had this discussion a lot, that when we're struggling with something, we think, oh, it's terrible. Why is this happening to us? Why are we having this problem? Nobody else seems to have this problem. None of this NFP stuff works. It's just everything's bad. Well, the reality is that's our human, our fallen human nature. Mm-hmm. And everybody else has problems. They mm-hmm. just don't air those problems to you. Mm-hmm. So every marriage has its challenges and people have their faults and whatever. And so you shouldn't really look at others and compare and say, well, their marriage is perfect and ours is, we're having this little spat. So we're not very good. Mm-hmm. It's not that, it's not that way. How hard is that to live that way too in the area era of social media, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see it because like I've said on the, the, the show a lot, getting out of social media was the best thing I ever did for my life. But I taught for many years. I know everybody posts everything on social media. Elizabeth always shows me things that are going on in town or whatever because of social media. People post only the good stuff, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like everybody's got a perfect marriage if you just go by what you see and then all of a sudden, you know, because we're humans, we compare so much. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe my marriage is really just crap. Mm -hmm. I don't think that. I definitely don't think mm-hmm. that. My wife is listening. I, think that. <laughs> I would say, hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> My, our, our marriage is great. Right. People only post what they want you to see. Sure. You know, and, yeah. you know, and, the, and the human nature, which is sad, but um, people don't like to be vulnerable. People don't like to, and it, not to say that like, people should air out everything on social media. You know, like, you shouldn't air out everything. Way. Let's yeah, not do that either. Yeah, like, like don't, don't air out everything on social yeah. media anyways. Um, but when it's so prevalent, when, you know, people are posting pictures of trips and all, yeah, yeah you want to, it's easy to be like, oh, I don't have that, you know, mm-hmm. but then you forget what you do have, you yeah. know, and it's, it's easy to get down that road. So, you know, it's one of those simple counter blessing sort of things. What do you have? You know, okay, I have a, you know, a beautiful marriage, you know, and at the end of the day, that's, you know, it's, Life's gonna be hard. Everybody has their their struggles. Every every relationship has their struggles. Yeah, you know? you, and you just gotta keep working at it. Right, right. What is uh something that you know we haven't had a had a couple on before? We've had individuals, but um, <laughs> what is twenty seven years of marriage? Um, one word of advice. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just asking. Well, we knew what, this was coming. Yeah, one word of advice <laughs> of like you know this is this is or what's one thing that you guys would have done? Um, you know, that, that really, you know, strengthens that you guys have found that there's like, this is at the end of the day when things are, are hard, well, this is what we, okay. Communication, sex, and money, three biggest killers in a marriage. Right. But it's probably not the last two. It's really the first one. Mm-hmm. So if you can talk about yeah. anything, then you can work through anything. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what NFP did for us. It forced us to talk about a topic that's, you know, private and not very pleasant sometimes to talk about. I mean, come on, yeah. talking about a woman's mucus? <laughs> it's not very comfortable. Yeah. Um, 
but we got comfortable with it. It's not what you want to hear first couple months of marriage, too. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, though, because uh, we bring up NFP because, uh, you know, when Laura and I were preparing for marriage, you know, we took the NFP class and mm-hmm. we went through the, I don't know how long it was, but, um, and then we went through, I think it was the Couple of the Couples League video. I think mm-hmm. they made a video mm-hmm. that you could just do at home instead of going mm-hmm. to multiple, right. multiple yep. sessions. Um, we we always say, like, we, we're glad we did that together, though, because mm-hmm. it forced you. There was breakout sessions to, to talk to, to mm-hmm. one another. Um, and so, like, it was an, a weird conversation to have before we got married. You yeah. Know? Like, High on is, the awkward Right, scale. like, yeah. Super so this is there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is awkward. But, um, but life is awkward. Communication can be awkward. You just have to, you know pull the bandaid off and talk about mm-hmm. it yeah it's a good piece well, if you're advice. gonna get married you gotta talk you gotta right. talk about it to somebody and exactly. might as well just be yeah. the person that you're married to and yeah. It, yeah and it yeah if you don't talk about it to the person that you're living with you know who can you talk to about it with so uh, uh, this is a good way to this is a good segue uh when I, <laughs> when i was a teacher i always used to tell the kids no dating until after you're married <laughs> and they were like mr g you can't you can't but then I would always say, but don't marry anybody you don't date because that's stupid. Like, Mr. G, that doesn't really work out. I'm like, I know. Stop dating each other. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, but any, any, anyway, um, so you have seven kids. Yeah. Ooh, right. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we still have seven yeah. kids. Okay, good. Didn't wait, wait, change in the past wait, wait, hour. We had, we had one miscarriage. That's right. Yeah. Oh, you have eight be, other. In okay. between four and five and six. Yeah. Okay. So eight other. Yeah. Um, but, but seven children in the world, so you raised seven children. Mm-hmm. So, and I love asking parents this question. How the heck do, and, and we've, Elizabeth and I have been blessed to be around some of your kids uh, in, through Faith Formation. And I've been a big fan of, of every single one of them that, I, that uh, I've been able to interact with. <laughs> they are awesome kids. Uh, how the heck do you raise kids to be Catholic? In especially this day and age, oh, we just let Beth do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Elizabeth okay. would tell you then that uh, we only get them for no, no. I mean, my our oldest. Oh, your oldest. Our okay. Oldest. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Just uh, everybody have a. But, but your Elizabeth has, has done an awesome job. Yeah. Really, we talk about it from time mm. to time. Really, mm-hmm. to answer the question. Um. It it is has been one of my biggest fears that I would lose my children to the faith. Mm-hmm. I, I've envisioned my I told this to my that man as you small group Saturday. I've always pictured myself I'm in this boat. I'm in this ark. <laughs> and I'm being a former army guy, I'm I'm this naval commander. <laughs> on this boat trying to keep my family safe in this storm and waves mm-hmm. crashing left and right and the boat's not that stable and kids just stay in the boat trust me on this mm-hmm. um, and you can't always control it mm-hmm. w- one of them has one of them is, is exploring outside the boat currently mm-hmm. we hope she finds her way back in the boat it distresses me. I pray for her every day. Um, and it's not that she's um, an agnostic or ambivalent to the faith. She's not. Probably probably the opposite. Mm-hmm. She's searching. 
So we'll try to help her through that and pray for her. The others, um, I say, are from all outward appearances, seem to be pretty solid um, and understand. And they all, all seven of them, un- understand what we what we believe, what what Margaret and I believe. Um, they understand what the church teaches. But they're still children and young adults, thirteen on up, right? Mm-hmm. So that they have a lot of thinking through to do, a lot of praying to do, a lot of experience to experience, um, just like I did. Um, but as I said earlier, we, we never made going to Mass negotiable, whether it was Sunday or a holy day. We, we never missed Mass. Well, we did. The church was locked. Um, Wrong decision, by the way. Yeah, we remember that. <laughs> um, or there was a storm. We drove down here. Here. We drove to Waldo. We drove to Marshall. A couple times. There were a couple storms over the yeah. years. Okay. Like, where is everybody? <laughs> There's nobody here. Is there snowstorms? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, like, yeah. It was like a blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. half the city's out. <laughs> we only live two blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you drive? Yeah. Walk. Good, good question. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, it was non-negotiable. We went mm-hmm. to mass, um, and we we took seriously the injunction that parents are the first teachers of their children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I had that conversation with religious ed instructors. Um, I remember specifically having that conversation with Chris Kuba, and she was very supportive. Well, of course you are, um, and we we never got any pushback from from faith formation from from Elizabeth. Um, when when we said we're the first teachers of our parents of our parents, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I, sometimes I thought I was the first teacher of my parents a couple times too, but of our children, and and we took that seriously. So we we raised them um, in in the faith and what we did in our home between Sundays between masses. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that What does that look like? You you you're you're thankful for everything. Okay. We pray daily. We pray together. We pray not just at meals. We pray at bedtime, and we're thankful in yeah. all for all situations, good or bad. Yeah, and I think like for us, it's been actually that that bedtime prayer that's been the the big thing. Um, in fact, our daughter Mary, who's down at uh, UW Milwaukee, um, she lives in a Catholic household, and they. Um, they, they were, that was one of the things she said. I'd, I'd like our group, you know, this this household of, of women that we all live together. She's like, she goes, I'd like to, you know, we should have like bedtime prayers at some point in the, e- you know, in the evening. She goes, because that was something that meant a lot to me growing up in my family. And we were, I was like, really? Oh, you know, tears going up. I mean, you know, and, and the boyfriends was, are expected if they're in the house visiting, they're expected mm-hmm. to join us for bedtime prayers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is you know, you can tell who's who's there because they're like, well, okay, this is important to you and to your family, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm here. I don't, you know, maybe I don't understand why I'm here, but yeah, it's been few and far between. And and then we, you know, we tried to. We're far, far, far from yeah. perfect. Okay, but we we put our money into charitable organizations, into the church and other organizations. We. We gave our time where we, where we could to, to the extent we could, and maybe a little bit more, um, and our kids saw that. I hope mm-hmm. hope they saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, when my mom was sick. Now you recall the conversation about the strained relationship with my mother. You know, mm-hmm. she kicked me out of her home. Um, I I love my mother, okay, but I don't love her with an emotion. 
really. Mm. I remember, r- real quick, I remember being in the garage. I don't know if I ever told you this. Uh, we lived on Wildwood Drive, so this has been more than nine years ago. And I was working in the garage on something, and a song came on. Uh, what is it? Uh, Just When I Needed You Most is the lyric in the song. I forget what song it is. You know, pop, a pop song. Right? Sure. Okay. I'm not going to sing it. I'm Smile gonna, and nod. I was going to say, if you yeah. if you would no. sing it, you, I'd probably not. You, you no. left me just when I needed you most. And it just okay. hit me. Mm. I've heard that song a thousand times, but it just hit me that day. And I started crying because I thought about my mother. And I thought, I was 14. Just when I needed you most to figure out how to navigate adolescence and girls. And you left. And, and I don't know if I've forgiven you for that. Mm. These are the thoughts I had at the time. And then um, when my mom got sick and she went to a nursing home in Two Rivers and she wasn't doing well. And after uh, several weeks, they called us in and said, your your mom's not going to make it and she can't stay here. Oh, (laughs) okay. I'm thinking, this is crazy. No, she's coming home with me. So we took her home. I got all my kids around the dining room table. And I said, all right, grandma is very sick. And she needs our help. She's going to die if we don't take care of her. Who's going to help my mother live? Stick out your hand. (laughs) And they all stuck out their hand. And we divvied it all up. And Beth went to live with her. And we had shifts for who's going to go visit. We make sure she was eating enough and getting her meds and all this. And she lived two more years. Wow. Um, and, and I think my, I hope my kids remember that. I hope they see that. And they said, you know, because they, they heard me tell the story about how our relationship was strained and what happened and that kind of thing. They've heard most of that, I think. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they can look back and say, but he still did that. And I've told them, I said, you know, my sister kind of left. My older sister didn't want to have anything to do with her anymore. Um, and I was just kind of left with this kind of a, a mess, a challenge anyway. And I don't want to do this, but she's my mother, you know. What a great work of mercy. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, have a, I have a son-in-law who has a challenge with his mother. Um, and it's tragic. It's tragic. His, his parents are divorced. Um, and I, I don't... I can't, I can't put myself in his shoes because that wasn't my parents' situation. There wasn't infidelity. But in the end, she was my mother. And, and I, that's my message I've, I've said to him, I think. Um, in, in the end, she was my mother. Mm-hmm. And I told my sister at her funeral, not my sister's funeral, <laughs> <laughs> my mother's funeral, as we, as we came out of the, the church, you know, and I wasn't real close with my sister in the last several years. We, we, were, we were when we were teens because we had to get through this divorce together. Um, she came out of the church. I just gave her a hug. And I said, and, you know, and there, was, there, were, there, were all, there were all these platitudes in the church and other people saying, your mother's mm-hmm. so great and all this. And, and she was to them, but she wasn't to us, not to my sister and I. And I said to my sister, I've forgiven her. And she said, I, I can't. Mm. So I don't know if she'll ever get past that, but you know, at some point we're all we're all human. We have our failings. 
I don't know what the real situation was in my parents' marriage or in my mother's head. I think she had other demons she was chasing all her life. Her father died when she was 14 from alcoholism. Um, so I kind of got it. I just let that go and say, yeah, mm-hmm. mommy, maybe you left me, but I forgive you and let's move on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What a powerful, what a powerful witness that is. It is. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, I'm, I moved. I moved. <laughs> I think that, I think that, I mean, that probably rings true for a lot, especially a lot of kids and kids that I've worked with my entire lives. I used to teach in Green Bay, mm-hmm. uh, East High School. So not the, uh, <laughs> not the Sunshine Rainbows, the Green Bay Area <laughs> Public School District, I'll tell you that. Uh, but we, we always just tried to, to acquiesce to the not to acquiesce to the parents, but to try to give the parents some sort of respect in front of their children, even if they were, you know, by all means, uh, by any metric, not great parents, mm-hmm. uh, but to try to give some sort of respect to to them at, as as their parents. This is important. And I find that even more difficult now. My mom moved to Arizona. Uh, it's always been a big dream of hers, and she was able to finally get get it done. Her and her husband live down there now, and not not my dad, right? Uh, and I'm really 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 happy for her that she was able to do that. My grandpa's down there, and my uncle is down there, and it's very exciting for her. But now my mom is thousands of miles away from me. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta plan a trip to to see my mom, and now it's an effort. Now it's an effort, and. It makes me feel so crappy because she used to live in Sheboygan. 20 minutes from me. And I rarely saw her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not close with either of my parents. Uh, but she was 20 minutes away from me. And now I'm complaining that she's, <laughs> you know, a plane ride away from me when I never really, really got out of my way to, you know, go see her. Um, I don't really feel that now. My, my dad lives in Plymouth still which is 40 minutes away but i try to make an effort more to to see him because i can't um but your your witness of in in your mother's greatest need you had forgiveness and were there because she's your mom uh, i hope that rings true for a lot of for a lot of people i mean john you especially i mean you lost your mom but yeah yeah um yeah so i lost my mom and 2018 so about five yeah five years now going it doesn't feel like it was five years Mm -hmm. ago but um we it we didn't always have like i mean typical relationship right between son and mom um high school you know whatever but um i was always glad that looking back like i had moved home um from minneapolis that's a whole other story but like moved out to minneapolis moved home and shortly after when she was diagnosed with cancer and I'm glad that I was home because I think being there um, and taking her appointments and growing closer to my mom, um, I'm glad we ended on a on a high note, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I do tell a lot of people um, that you know if they're if they're struggling with relationships with family members or whatever, it's just it's it, you're gonna have your heart broken. Um, and uh, there's going to be turmoil, and there's going to be stress, and there's going to be things that you're going to regret saying or doing or whatever to a loved one. 
Um, but try to forgive, you yeah. know, and try to mend those relationships. Not to say that there was ever extreme <clears throat> things oh, sure. happen yeah, between yeah. my mom and I, but, you know, typical typical things with college students between parents and whatever. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, I had repaired that because I don't know, um, you know, what I would have. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'd be right now, you know, if, sure. I, if knowing that, like, sure. if she had been sick and if I if I didn't have that close relationship with her. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely, yeah. it's you know, more of the story is, you know, love your parents and they're going to do some things that you might not understand, really understand, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you may never understand. I, but um, I told our kids, I, I got this from somebody else, I stole it. Everyone in your life will let you down. Yeah. Sooner or later. Yeah. Everybody. I will. Your mother will. You'll be let down by other people. When you have kids, they will. Yeah. You know, like there's going to be people that let you down. So just yeah. accept that. Get realize that. Yeah. Get get over that. Yeah. And forgive them. And and, and then I've told them. And and they do remember this because at least Chris confirmed he remembered me telling him this. There is absolutely nothing you can do. Nothing. You can get out of the boat. It doesn't matter what. You could kill somebody. There's nothing you can do that will make me not love you. So don't ever feel afraid or or that you can't come to us for whatever it is. It does. There is nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think kids need to hear that. Mm. That they shouldn't feel disappointed. Well, I'm going to disappoint mom or dad, so I can't. I can't tell them this, or I'm going to hide this from them, or or whatever it is. And I think the older I got to, like I saw that the love that my mom and showed to everybody, you know, kids, family, friends, strangers. And um, as she was sick, she still showed that. And I think a moment in my head popped in of like, um, you need to start loving her the way she loves you, you know? Um, and so, and other, and other people too. So learned a lot from her. Um, and, uh, you know, try to carry her legacy on of, of, um, you know, even if she did something small and silly or whatever, you you did way sillier and smaller things too, uh, or bigger <laughs> things, sillier and bigger things to her, John. So, and she forgave you, you know, so it's time for, mm-hmm. you know, you did, um, you know, love her and just be there for her. And I'm glad we, you know, ended on a good note there. Good I know. Note. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask, uh, Seven kids. <laughs> uh, I'm just confirming. A, he loves the seven kids I, part. Yeah. I, 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 I just lo- all I, I love that you. We know have, how we know how it happens too. We, yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that 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 you have such a big family. I think that's I think that's great. I I I, I adore parents that are able to, because uh, at least it, it looks like you guys handle it pretty well. <laughs> um. They're both giving me very weird looks. I don't think they agree with me. <laughs> we're like, where are you going? <laughs> no, so um, I just want to ask, uh, were all seven homeschooled? Yes. Yes. So can I can I ask how you came to that decision and what and yeah, what that's sure. been like? Oh, yeah. There's a, we lived in South Carolina. No, no offense against anybody from South Carolina, um, but they weren't known for their, the strength of their public schools. <laughs> yeah, at the time they were 49th. Okay. The, hey, they weren't last. They weren't yeah. last, but they they were working working towards they it. Were, yeah. And all up from here. Yeah, there was no there was no, really go up. There was no parochial school. I don't recall. 
Uh, there was one, but it was like 30 minutes away. Um, yeah, so, it was not Yeah, we weren't willing to make that sacrifice. Yeah, that, that. that's just crazy talk. So, <clears throat> so we had already made a decision we were going to homeschool our kids. Well, then we moved, but we had already kind of committed to this in our head. Well, we should really back this up because John's younger sister oh, true. Is, was homeschooled mm-hmm. all the way through high school. Uh, ba- back in the day when homeschooling was, was really very was kind of, yeah, suspect. Yeah, it was really and, fringe yeah. then. Yeah. So, and it was seeing how what she was able to do. Um, you know, she would say, um, I think she graduated when she was seventeen. She'd finished her her work. Yeah, just by the then. confidence she, was, she had, yeah, the she knowledge just, she yeah. acquired without. You know, she wasn't weird. She wasn't illiterate, and she was she was fine. Um, she's not gone to college. She hasn't needed to. Um, she's chosen a different kind of a different life with her husband that's been very successful they they uh, drive trucks for construction work on the roads um i won't go into all the things they do but it's just it's pretty it's pretty neat <laughs> they got a whole slew of different animals and whatever um she's been successful in life yeah and we exactly. kind of saw that as, as a 17 year old um when she was 17 so that gave us confidence we could probably pull this off uh my dad's pretty smart I was pretty sure that I was smarter than him. As as all men as, do as all with, young their, men. with their fathers. Yeah. Yes. You know what Mark Twain said about that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, was, go ahead. When, when he was 17, he left home. And couldn't believe how stupid his father was. And when he returned five years later, he was amazed at how much his father had learned in five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to keep that in the back of my That's pocket. That's good. So, so yeah, we were committed to homeschooling. We moved back to Wisconsin before our kids were school age, and then we started them at, at home. Mm-hmm. And it was freedom for us because we could dictate the schedule. We wanted to go on a vacation somewhere. We didn't have to go ask the school system. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a lot of work for my wife. I was working full-time at GE, which, if you know anything about that company, at least at that time, it was a lot of work. Um, it was long, uh, four years I w- was there. It was the longest 10 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> so true. But it was just, you know, one foot after the other, one year at a time. And we started very, ri- very rigid, mm-hmm. very much a set curriculum every day, Pledge of Allegiance, prayers, sit at your desk. We got school desks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> each had their patron saint, um, that's cool. And as the years went by, we kind of relaxed a little bit and said, all right. We learned a few things like like a kid will learn to read when they're ready. Mm. Not when they're this age, but when they're ready. So our kids have learned to read anywhere from four to eight. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had the whole range. Mm-hmm. And once, we, once, once a kid learns how to read, the world is open. Mm-hmm. So we didn't push the reading until they were ready. Um, but th- when they were boy, they could just absorb stuff. And anything they wanted to learn, they could learn in a fraction of the time that we saw their peers learning in an institutional school, uh, whether it was public or parochial. Um, not, not have, I don't have anything against the, the school system here, especially um, our Catholic school system. We've supported financially with our time, with our effort. Um, so we don't have anything against that. It's just that wasn't the path we had chosen for our kids. Uh, and it worked well. Mm-hmm. There was one time when our third daughter, Jessica, came to us with a paper. 
two, three page two, essay. Two, three page, three page essay explaining why she wanted to be schooled in an institutional <clears> school. <throat> and her, her reasons were she was behind her peers. She felt she was behind her peers. She wasn't learning as much. She couldn't, she couldn't articulate whatever they could or whatever. She wasn't as smart as them. I don't remember their exact mm. words. But she wrote this in a three-page, very well-written essay. <laughs> How old was she? Uh, she wasn't quite high school. She might have been 14 or 15. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so I took that essay and I said, um, Exhibit A, <laughs> you're doing just fine. Well, yeah. and then yeah. we refuted her points. Actually, we, we, we said, well, we're going to think about this. Yeah. So we didn't... We didn't you have answer. to think that much. We didn't answer. Yeah, her. it was kind of. It was like. Yeah, we didn't answer her right away. I already <laughs> knew the answer, but thought we'd give it a day or two. So we did, and then we we talked with her again about it, and and she took all of our points from that discussion and wrote another answer mm-hmm. to those. I'm like, you, Jessica, you pro- she did a right. rebuttal to our rebuttal. It was <laughs> you're awesome. Digging, you're digging yourself in the hole deeper here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she a lawyer now? <laughs> <laughs> so she not yet. Okay. <laughs> She thankfully acquiesced and mm-hmm. continued her schooling at home through high school, and mm-hmm. and they've all been schooled through high school. Um, the oldest four have have some college, different amounts of college. Um, our second daughter Rebecca is a graduate of Marquette University. Um, Beth is working on her baccalaureate through the UW system. Jessica has a associates, and Mary is in her third year at UW Milwaukee, and they've all had no problem getting into college. They they've they're not having any problems with their studies in college, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it, that's that's not that's a fear I had at the beginning. Yeah. Sure, yeah, um, and it was washed away. How by they're going how they're going to compare? Yeah, to the other. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, every family is different. This is just yeah, I think of course, the path of course. that right. you right. know that the good Lord kind of maneuvered us onto, and you know it it did. It just worked out worked out well for us when the kids were younger, and it was just has continued to be a good. A good thing, you know. Now, allowing our kids to continue to explore what what their interests and passions are. Mm-hmm. Wow. What what um, what curriculum do you use now, or have you? Oh, that's a past? that's a great question because um, at this point, most of our our kids at home they're doing what we've got we call student led. So we have a discussion at the beginning of the year. I'm like, these are sort of the classes you should be doing. You know, you need to be doing a science. You need to be doing a math. You need to be doing, you know, some sort of English. Yeah, there is actually a and, state requirement for certain subjects. And, okay. yeah, yeah, there there is. Yep. And so um, then we, you know, have a discussion about what what they're interested in or what you know they would like to explore more. And then they really pretty much take it on themselves. It's kind of like they run their own their own schooling, which I know mm-hmm. sounds like, whoa, you're like not, you know, mm-hmm. schooling them at all. But when I look back at what they've taught, what they've learned and, you know, discovered and can articulate back to me, it's just fascinating what, you know, because when they're passionate about doing it for themselves, mm-hmm. yep. the, the, um, you can't stop them right. from learning mm-hmm. about things. At what age can they like choose to do that? Like choose um, to like we've pick- had. 12-ish? Yeah, 12-ish. I mean, in That's fact, cool. our youngest for the last couple of years has actually like about mm, the end of June, she decides to start looking to figure out what she wants to do the next year. And she's like, I would like you to, would you buy this book and this history book and this science I'd like to try? And I'm like, 
yes. Yeah. I'm like, that's those all look good to me. Let's go with that. And, you know, <laughs> let's 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 talk in a week, you know, and see how that's going for you. And um, I think in, for them, it's, you know, it's helped them have a lot more confidence in sure. in themselves because, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, you're, you're trusting me to, to do this. And we're like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're trusting you to, you know, do your, to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's and, helped them when they've gone into college. Yeah. Right. Sure. right. Um, yeah. I mean, we've had, I think Rebecca had said, she's like, yeah. She goes, when I got to Marquette, she goes, my first year was a piece of cake for me. I had no problem with the concept of having to do my, you know, right. do the college experience. You know, she's like, I had no problem getting up on time, you know, even though that was never anything I enforced at our household. Um, you know, she, they, they all figured that out just fine, you know, and she's like, yeah, she's like, for the first year, it was a piece of cake. And while I watched a bunch of, you know, the other freshmen struggle right. because all of a sudden they were now responsible. Well, you know, think, yeah. and I, I mean, again, everybody's different, but right. that was of sort course. of the generalized thing that she saw. And I was like, that, you know, that tracks with what right. I kind of expected to see. Well, it's like from the age of 12, they've taken responsibility, mm -hmm. you know, it's sort of like, yeah, these are the things you have to do. And then here's mm -hmm. the things, mm -hmm. what do you want to do? And it, right. it find it, I feel like it's instilling too a little bit of like, you know, finding your strengths, finding what mm -hmm. you like, uh, mm -hmm. what you don't like. And then. Because when I was 12, I was told to go, this is the classroom you go to, and this is the subject you take. And then I didn't mm -hmm. really have any choice until, I mean, kind of freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. I feel like there were certain required classes. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, exactly. there was, you know, there's, while, there's still the, yeah, yeah. you got to have English, you got to have math, right. you got to have, you know, But not whatever. at age 12. <laughs> I mean, I was. I mean, it's pretty uh, yeah. general, you know, you're like, yeah. okay, yep, we're all going to learn earth science right. this year, you know, that's what you do when you're, when you're 12, you know, yeah. whatever. But that's cool. It instills a little bit of responsibility and, and um, or create a little creativity too of thinking like, what do I want to mm -hmm. do and finding a passion. That's, that's neat. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah, you gotta mm -hmm. give the kids a reason to have some buy-in to what mm -hmm. they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, if you just wanna, if, you know, think about the difference uh, between a kid being passionate about something and not. Uh, ask at, if 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 a kid wants to talk to you about something, they'll talk you ear off about it. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. and you sure. might think it's like, oh man, this is really stupid. Like I've had kids come up to me and talk to me for. You know, five ten minutes about Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, I love Pokemon, mm -hmm. but I don't know anything about Pokemon anymore because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's changed so much. Mm -hmm. There used to be right. 150 when I was doing stuff, um, but the, you could just talk. They'll just talk for ten minutes about what something that they're passionate in. But then you you go to them and you're like, "Hey, here's Y equals M X plus B," and they're like, "I could care two craps about <laughs> this. I don't get it. I don't get it." I'm like, "But you can understand the damage equation when you're playing your." Mm -hmm. Game Boy, it's like this is math. This is what you're doing, mm -hmm. um, and it, it's it's all just about buying. It's mm -hmm. what are they being told to learn, and what are they being allowed to learn? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, and I think also as with age, you know, comes maturity, and they realize that yep, there's some things in this life I have to do because I have to do them. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that is an easier lesson to learn when you're a little bit older than when you're eight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just, just saying, my two mm -hmm. cents worth, you know. I mean, 
granted, you have to brush your teeth every day. That's just kind of a requirement, <laughs> child. That's just sometimes twice goes. a day. Sometimes mm. twice a day, especially yeah. if you've got yeah, braces. The overachievers. You, you, you better. Yeah. yeah. So like you don't have to, but like if you don't, yeah, you'll need dentures really soon. Exactly. <laughs> At a very young age. Yes. Let's not go if you ever want to date for marriage, you need to brush your teeth. That's right. <laughs> this is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other people yeah. don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can pull out, Jesus gets sad when you don't. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But <laughs> well, I don't think we ever pulled that No, I'm joking. Hard, I'm joking. <laughs> there have been times I'm like, let's see. How can I? No, wait, wait. Guilt tripping my kids into doing mother. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah there exactly. a, no, we I, have used that one a few times. I make that joke as there was a comedian who was like, <laughs> his kid asked him why he's like because jesus make it, it makes jesus cry when you do that okay so just don't <laughs> it's like i don't know how to describe it to you just don't you know <laughs> it makes jesus cry when you do that okay mm-hmm. so uh i'm just kind of curious um when because uh, you've been married for 27 years we're mm-hmm. still married 27 years. still married 27 years Still getting clo- it's getting closer to 28, though. 20, it's really close. It's getting closer to 28. Yeah. It's almost halfway there at the uh, end of this month. <laughs> what, um, God willing, you know, like you are able to get to 35 years and um, no kids in the house anymore. Wow. Well, that'll never happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they keep bouncing back in. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, was there a question in there? You st- no, you kind of stopped my, stopped my <laughs> question, but um, I've always kind of been curious because as uh, Elizabeth and I have no children in the world, uh, I, so we haven't started that journey yet. God willing, maybe someday we will. Uh, I've always heard like you, you when you when the last when the last kid leaves, like you, your marriage starts over again. And I was curious if you've ever thought about. Um, what that what that looks like now that you've been it's parents never, for it's never occurred to me. Years. Um, never. <laughs> Actually, it's yeah. occur- it's occurred to you a lot. Yeah, we talk about but, that. We talk about that a lot. Uh, but I mean, that's but we also have kind of an interesting life situation right we, now regarding yeah. um, our what we what we yeah how our daily life I, what it looks like now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I left the corporate world two and a half years ago. Um, I like to think I'm retired. Or at least semi-retired, and in a lot of ways I am. I went golfing today, and yesterday. Heck yeah! Eighteen okay. holes, eighteen both holes. Times. Yeah. Nice. How's your back? It's fine. Nice. Yeah. Nice and strong. I went. <laughs> I lifted weights and ran this morning. Um, and he went to mass. And yeah, first I, went to, first I went to mass, and that's my that's my life. A lot of days, mm-hmm. um, but I also take care of this Wincliffe property, mm-hmm. um, south of town here, and I spend ten. 10 or so hours a week taking care of things there or, t- or taking care of administrative stuff for for the conference center. Um, but it doesn't consume my time. So I have a lot of discretion in my time, a lot of free time, and I've had that mm-hmm. for almost three years now. Mm-hmm. And we had to we had to adjust to that, sure. you know, as you hear about all the time. Um, but I had something to go to, something to do, something I was responsible for, so it wasn't just I'm all of a sudden retired and I got... An extra 50 hours on my hands. What am I going to do? Um, I've been busy. I would never be able to hold a job today. There's no way. There's no, there's no time. Um, a lady asked me after Mass on Sunday, how was retired life? And I've started to train myself. Just just say, don't tell them you're not retired because you kind of are, but you're not. So I just said, I'm busy. 
which is true. <laughs> yeah, that's as true as I can say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think that when I retired, whenever that will be, we'd get in a car and we'd drive Route 66 across Western U.S. That would be fun. I would mm-hmm. still like to do that someday. <clears throat> that would be fun. But then she reminds me, we still have a 13-year-old at home, hon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you mean the one that washes your clothes, cooks gourmet meals, um, educates herself, and is more pious than all the rest of us combined? That 13-year-old? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> She's still your responsibility, though. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, still right. her responsibility, yeah. <laughs> the state will see it that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, so, our oldest is married, mm-hmm. two kids. Our second oldest is married, two kids. Um, the oldest is coming home in a couple of weeks with her two kids and her husband and her sister who lives with them. So, our family of five at home is going to go to 10. <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's why I said I don't think it's ever going to be empty. Because mm-hmm. um, now there's already grandchildren. And that's okay. We have a big fun. house. How fun. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, very. You know, the, this property I take care of was owned by a couple by the name of Mike and Jackie Wynn. Um, supernumeraries in Opus Day in the work. Oh, okay. You, you will not meet a more generous couple or family than, than the Wins. Mike passed away a couple years ago. Jackie's 84 or so. <clears throat> Jackie's 74 or so. <laughs> she ever she's, hears <laughs> she's in her early 80s um, <clears throat> and at their 60th wedding anniversary on the Wincliffe property they had all their family and their grandkids and great grandkids and there was a picture that I I may have this picture somewhere of them all lined up and at that point well when Mike died there was 68 or so grandchildren Whoa! Okay. <laughs> one of his daughters has 14 kids oh, that's oh awesome. my gosh wow and a number of the others have like, we're small. Our family's small. Okay. <laughs> they have seven or eight. So, so I took that picture and I showed it to my kids when I first saw that their 60th wedding anniversary, which wasn't that long ago. I want to say four or five years ago. I said, this is what I want right here. I, I want this for our 60th wedding anniversary. It's probably not going to be 68 grandkids. Um, <laughs> I don't think one of our children is going to have 14 children who knows um but they, they know that that's at least my desire i think margaret will join me in that desire so if the house is never empty so what mm. mm-hmm. what a beautiful what a beautiful yeah. picture yeah. that must be yeah. 68 it's always really there's always really cool to see you know uh when when my great-grandmother passed away my great-grandmother jeanette uh and we were at her funeral uh, at St. Peter Claver in Sheboygan. Uh, and Father came out and said, Hello, Grinky clan. Because the church was full of her mm-hmm. kids and her brothers and sisters and their kids and, and all the grandkids. And it was a, it was a full, full church of mm-hmm. just Grinkies, mm-hmm. of, of, of my family, that side of the family. It was so... It's something I'll never forget because I felt... It was the first time I, I was young, uh, maybe at 13, 14. Uh, it was the first time I had felt a part of something much, much bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, through this one woman, this church is packed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think about that now, 
of like through one couple, you know, mm-hmm. a church can be packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And how, how much hope that gives me for the future of the church. Um, that, yeah, we, you know, we could be looking at hard times for the church or we have been looking at hard times for the church for the past, you know, 2000 years for sure. <laughs> 2000, <laughs> 2023 to be exact. Um, that even when, you know, we might see our church is a little bit more empty, that there's hope mm-hmm. from, you know, maybe it's just one holy, you know, couple who God is going to bless with 14 kids or, or, or whatever it is. In a couple of generations, that church could be full again. Mm-hmm. And now compound that three couples, four couples, five mm-hmm. couples. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and stuff like that happens when you take... Um, when you take uh, uh, the beginning of your relationship to understand what NFP is, <laughs> the beginning of your marriage, uh, know what it is before you tell your future spouse. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, hey, we're gonna do this. <laughs> I'm gonna know what it is, though. Good, good advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is it? Don't know. No, I'll tell you. I don't know, but let's uh, let's figure it out. This Three was letters. Pre, this was pre-internet. Okay. Pre-internet. Yeah. Do you have to go to Encyclopedia? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm trying. Try- <laughs> just to figure out what it meant. <laughs> I had to go to class. Enjoy <laughs> <laughs> two and a half hours. Ah. Well, we don't want to... Uh, were you going to say something? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, we don't want to keep you too long. Uh, so I remember, John, you had asked before, uh, how long is this? <laughs> go for it. Uh, it's been two and a half hours. Oh, good yeah. Lord. <laughs> that's, past, that's how... That's how bedtime prayers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, our kids have given up on us. They're like they're never coming home. <laughs> Luckily, I think uh, they might have taken you? care of it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, Monica's already made bedtime snacks. She's good. <laughs> they're making cocoa. It's all fine. Um, but we just want to thank you again for well, for giving of your time. You. It's been awesome uh, for responding to our email. We don't always get response to our emails. Not always. So. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate. It's too bad. Uh, <laughs> um, you guys being on and uh I'm, we might have this episode on in a couple of weeks i gotta listen to it i gotta i'm the one that edits you have to I, clear your calendar to i'm the one that yeah i'm the one that edits i gotta like set a i've gotta set a day uh, like a night to do it because at least with our last episode brandon's was three hours long mm-hmm. i had to listen for three hours okay. to make sure that there's no I always told Father Ben I would, I'd always have to just listen for heresy, yeah, <laughs> some yeah. sort of we just you know flippantly say heresy or something, or somebody swears and I didn't hear it, or I want to cut something because it's irrelevant or whatever. But um, yeah, it takes a long time, but do two and a half hours adjusting levels, doing all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. But I get to do that. No, you you guys are just so gracious of your time to to be with us tonight. So yeah, thank you so much. Uh, if you thank, thank you, thank you for the invitation. Yeah. It's great to share. I never, I never mentioned this to the end of the episode. No one ever makes it this far. Uh, but if you would like to be like uh, John, John and Margaret, uh, you can uh, email us at humblyspeakingpod at gmail.com. Maybe I can edit. Or I'll it. find you. I'm or John will find you. Uh, maybe I can edit this part, <laughs> duplicate it, put it in the, in the beginning. And the <laughs> beginning. Hey, I'm just like so excited in the beginning to just like talk to whoever we have here, make some stupid comment about the parish office being haunted. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> so uh, please pray for us. Uh, yeah. We are praying for everyone that, that listens to this. Uh, praise be to God. Amen. Amen.